This is the Joy of Geek. Welcome to the Joy of Geek Podcast, episode 53. I'm Rich Lepore, and I am here with... Kevin Schaefer. And today we are talking about Justice League. Um, the uh, a DC, long-awaited event. The DC Extended Universe's opportunity to redeem itself. Part, well, I mean, Wonder three. Woman are... Yeah, part yeah, three, yeah, right? Yeah, sure, sure. Well, I mean, Wonder Woman is very much its own thing. Sure. You know, um, this is the chance for the actual universe to right. say, hey, here we are, here's our best foot forward. Now, granted, there's a lot to talk about, and uh, although I hate the expression to unpack here, um, and we will discuss Fair. it um, in depth yep. in a review... Um, so Justice League is our main topic for this week, and it will be really fun. I think we have some varying opinions on it, which will be uh, an interesting conversation, um, as always, or as hopefully. Yeah, I, um, I, I would think so. Anyway, uh, we will also be talking about some other things. Kevin, why don't you talk about what those are? So we just got back from NC Comic Con last week, so we'll talk a little bit about that. Um, uh, we moderated a podcasting panel. It was a on great, that, was awesome. great podcasting panel. it was panel. a great audience. It will be on the site very soon. Yes. Uh, so we did that. I moderated a panel on the Friday of the show with uh, creators Chad Bowers, Chris Sims, and Jim Toe. Mm-hmm. Um, guys who did uh, Jim Toe and Chad Bowers are doing Young Blood right now. Uh, Sims and Bowers have been longtime writing pi- partners, and uh, they did X Men '92 together. And so we had a lot of fun there. Uh, so we'll talk a little bit about that. Some of our fun times at the con. Excellent. Um, we always talk about a little bit of news. We have a couple news stories. Both of which are very surprising, and I love surprises. They were, I love surprises. I, I don't know. I I was looking for content this week, and I knew I had, we had to touch on these two. Just because one is film related, one is comics related. Nice. Well, but both are comics related, but um, one is specifically comics. That was. It's funny every time I start yeah. when I tag episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's gotten to be more and more the case where I have to click like so many bubbles. So it's like oh, it's bet. comics, yeah. it's gaming, yep. it's movies, it's TV because everything is so multimedia. At oh this yeah, point. I mean that's geek culture for you today in a nutshell. I mean um, look at look at uh, San Diego Comic Con, yeah, right? Um, absolutely. I mean it's it's less Comic Con than it is media con right. at this point. So and so we'll be doing a couple news stories and then well, we'll we've been watching we've been watching and reading. Mm-hmm. Um, you know I've been. Uh, there was a certain Marvel Netflix show that dropped this weekend that I'll be talking about. Oh, really? Um, you watched some of it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm excited. Oh, I'm excited to talk about that. Awesome. Um, awesome. Wow. Well, that's great. So I would say then, if you really want to put it in a nutshell, um, this is the Justice League NC Comic Con Punisher. Yep conversation that's actually podcast. what i titled it on the uh, oh awesome yep. awesome cool yeah uh, on that note let's uh let's backpedal a little bit and talk about some of these news stories okay um the first one is really interesting i actually been watching that show 11 63 yeah 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 the, um, one. the, the james franco yeah, stephen yeah. king uh yeah, yeah. try to save kennedy yeah i've watched the first four episodes of it it's slow at times sure real slow um, but it's good, and it's made me really like James Franco again. Well, um, reminds me how much I like him sometimes. Well, what I love about James Franco is you never know what he's going to do next, as evidenced by this movie. Um, what so, was announced, Kevin? Let's hear it. So, apparently, in Fox's ever-expanding X-Men universe, which they don't really care about continuity, and that's fine with because it allows them to do all kinds of projects, Okay. Um, as evidenced by this one. They uh, apparently James Franco is set to star in a multiple man movie, and I could not be happier. Uh, I'm ex- I mean, that's kind of the perfect vehicle for him in the same way that Ryan Reynolds and Deadpool go together so well. 
this again this came he out even kind of looks like him isn't it madrox madrox isn't that his that yeah that sounds right i think that's his name check right? on it while we're at because i don't yeah. know i mean I, I obviously i've you know read the character here and there and crossovers and then um he wa- did appear in film in x-men the last stand he was in magneto's army there but that's a terrible movie so um he hasn't yeah. really got a good you know film out yeah it's, yeah it's jamie madrox madrox yeah um and uh he is the leader of um that that team um the x factor yeah mm-hmm. um and i actually really love um there's a book that starts off the x factor series the very famous peter right. david run it's right like right hundreds and hundreds of issues sure sure um and uh he it kicks off with uh like a like a noirish murder mystery starring Jamie Madrox. Right, so right. it's like Madrox something, I forget what they call it. And then that leads into this really epic X Factor run. Right. So there right. is a lot of material to mine and he is a fascinating character. Um He really is and, and he's one of those that you're constantly torn on what is he a hero, is he a villain? Uh he kind of does his own thing a lot and I think it will be a really interesting thing to see how Franco uh embodies his character and what kind of genre it'll be, what they'll do with it. Um, there's no director attached to it yet, but Franco is not only starring it, but working on it with his production company, the same one that is making the upcoming The Disaster Artist. Do you know about this? No, I don't. Ooh, okay, so have you heard of the movie The Room? I have. Okay, you know The Room is like the worst movie ever, but like it's so bad that it's a cult classic. I didn't know that. It. Okay, I mean, it's, I mean, it's literally, there's no way to make sense of it, and it's just one of those... Um, super low budget indie movies but it's just nonsense throughout but it has attained such a cult status in years the disaster artist is about the making of the room so oh. James Franco is playing Tommy Wiseau uh, and I love those Oh, it's, it's fa- like it's meta about meta right right yeah. and you know it's the perfect uh, way to coincide with Franco's career because he's made a lot of you know weirder indie stuff and um for something that has that kind of cult status, it'll be really interesting to for him to explore that. So he is working with the production company of that movie on Multiple Man. Uh, the Wonder Woman screenwriter has been attached to it. Uh, granted, this is very early on. I don't know if they set a release date or anything like that, but it's been greenlit by Fox. And um, again, we've discussed many times how the X-Men cinematic universe has a very weird and impossible to follow continuity well, because it isn't followable right right and but again i'm okay with that because in because of it they have a lot of freedom to do all these really self-contained projects that don't have to subscribe to any kind of continuity and i think this will that's what this will be a lot of it it'll be very much like deadpool um where it can just be its own thing you know you don't have to be following the main movies to come and see it uh, so it should be interesting to see what they do, but it was very surprising. But I'm intrigued nonetheless. Yeah. Um, well, you know, it, a lot of this stuff is reminding me of um, that show that was recently on um, that everybody like you liked it a lot. It was the uh, Legion. Guy, yeah, yeah, Legion. yeah, yeah, very yep. much that vibe. It, of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of, of artistic takes on right. comic book movies and it was bound to happen right, with, the, right. with as many comic book mov- movies as as now come out. Right. I mean, I was at the theater. And on the marquee was three out of the five movies playing at this theater were Marvel or DC movies. Yeah. Or what were just comic book movies. Sure. Um, and sometimes it's more. I mean, it's crazy. So it was Thor, Ragnarok, Wonder Woman was back, and Justice oh, League. Okay, cool. 
And what the three, theater did you go to? Um, that was at uh, uh, South Point. Okay, cool. Gotcha. Um, but there's, but I mean, there's other theaters that you go to that that I saw. The, we have a home theater, the Luminas, where it was one of there were three out of five. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it was crazy. Yeah. Um, so. Anyway. Oh yeah, and you know, as long as they keep doing a diversification of genres, I think it's okay with you know. Well, it's still overkill, I think. Oh, it's overkill, but at the same time, you think you know people compare superhero movies these days to westerns a lot. There was a time interesting, where interesting. 60 westerns a year was considered low, you know? I mean, the, we're still not at that point. It's just the fact that they are talked about so much in mainstream popular culture that it is overkill. Um, yeah, I, but, I don't know. I, I, I feel like... I I, I don't know. I, 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 I would like to see... I think everybody would like to see more variety of movies just oh, in general absolutely. um and and so i i would rather if the trend was more so so it's almost calling it comic book movies is almost deceptive what makes it crazy is that there's so many superhero movies sure, sure. if there absolutely. were more oh, indie, there are kind independent of indie comics, comics but would, if there were if there yes. were more of those oh i would love to see you know hundreds it, of indie comics bo- be made into movies the book i was referring to that i read and loved uh-huh. um is by peter david it's called x factor madrox uh colon multiple choice yeah um and it is a murder mystery that kicks off the x factor universe okay. and it is rad so That's if cool. you want to get into that world and really see what might come out with this new james franco led um film this would be a really good place to start and sort of see what that character is all about yeah absolutely um, cool. So, yeah, that was the first big surprise. The next one, though, it happened a week before. We haven't got a chance to talk about it yet, but this totally shook the comic book world upside oh, did down. It? Um, we got, I, I had heard about it, and then Jordan texted both of us, and we're texting back and forth, and we're like, what is going on? So, Brian Michael Bendis, the legendary creator of, or co-creator of, of Marvel Morales, Comics. Pretty much. Uh, Miles Morales. Mar- Miles Morales, Jessica Jones... Uh, was key player in the Ultimate Universe and did. Civil I think War he created too. the Ultimate Universe. Well, he, it, was, it was him and, and Malar. Malar, several. I mean, it was a joint effort. I mean, but... he did. He was the only one that was writing Ultimate books for a long time. Right, there, right. it became only Ultimate Spider-Man right, right. for a long time. Right, right. Um, he was he was the lifeblood of that. Yeah, thing. absolutely. So you know, the lifeblood of the Marvel Universe in a lot of ways. Or, yeah, in a lot of ways. Since every the early year, 2000s. Every year, it would be. Who, you know which which book is is Brian Michael Bendis going to be writing right, right. this season? Right? right. There was a big time when he shifted and he went to do the Guardians books. Right. And right. it was just like, okay, Brian Michael Bendis is doing Guardians now. Right. Right. Um. And and it was a big shift. You know, those books were different. But he's the kind of creator that when he jumps on a series, you have faith that whether or not you love it, because it's hit and miss for me at least. Sure. Uh, and for a lot of people, I think. Um, sure. There's the, usually people are like, I love this Bendis run, but not so much this Bendis mm-hmm. run. But whether or not you like it, there's always a an artistic vision. There's right. always a voice that is intended. He's right. never like bounding around in the dark, like wondering where he's going. Um, he always did exactly what he intended to do. And it oh, always absolutely. makes an impact. Um, he is known, if people don't know him individually he is known as being very wordy um he writes some some of his pages will be half text um if not more um he has the longest yeah he is he's basically the aaron sorkin of comics yeah um but at the same time he can get away with it because his the way he writes is so conversational conversational and and he's such a prolific and you know again has been one of the biggest players at marvel in the 21st century so needless to say it was a bit shocking when he announced two weeks ago that at the time recording this that 
Bendis is leaving Marvel for DC Comics. Yeah, I I think it ha- it'll happen toward the end of this year. Perfect um, decision. But yeah, perfect it really decision. Is. I, I, it was a shocker, but at the same time, I'm like, I think this will be really good, you know, for everyone because when you're in, I, well, I'm, I was surprised because I always thought that if he ever left Marvel, he would just go back to doing creator on comics. But this is a fascinating transition for him and. Um, go, go ahead and share your thoughts. I'll, I'll talk about Bendis is a leader. Yeah. He is not somebody that just is writing a book. Yeah. Um, even somebody like – well, that's, that's a bad example. Uh, there are there are creators that just like write a book for a company, and they're fantastic creators. Sure. And you're really Mark excited. Mark example. Well, he, he sometimes – yeah, maybe maybe a little bit. I'm more well, thinking a, about the ones that write like one title or two titles, and they're, they're beloved – um, maybe a Tom King, but I don't know if he's moving into G. Being... Willow Wilson, maybe. Maybe, okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. Just, just a creator that would come. The one that came to mind was Kieran Gillen, where he's writing. Okay, yeah, but, yeah. I mean, but then again, he kind of spearheaded Star Star Wars, but not really. That was really Aaron who spearheaded that, Aaron. that universe. He's so he's a guy. Creator. So Kieran Gillen is a guy that people give a shit when he comes to work on a book for sure. a company because he's that good. However, he's not a Bendis type person who when they come like there can be an entire comic book universe resting on his shoulders. Right, right. So Bendis coming means more than just having an impact on the Bendis books. Yeah. Um, his deal is probably very lucrative. There's no question about that. But it also is probably gives him a lot of creative control and power to the point where he basically can come in and shepherd the DC universe in a lot of different directions. He is a guy that is responsible for what, four, five, maybe six um, big, uh, what do you call them? Um, uh, the summer uh, events. event, event yeah, series. Yeah, 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 yeah. He has done so many event series that have been so impactful. If you look at the Marvel Cinematic Universe, he is integral. I'd say 25% of the influence on that comes from yeah. his tone that he created and, and a lot of the books that he did. Um, anything from, what, Dark Reign? Mm-hmm. Um, he did um, He did a Guardians event. Um, what are the big events that Bendis did? Well, he did Civil War II last year, which is not... Which wasn't very loved. One, it wasn't still, very loved, but there are but a lot a that were. One, yeah. There are um, a lot that were. Um, I'm leaving out some big ones. But the point is, he's a guy that when he comes, it's going to be dramatic. I wonder how much they're going to give him to start and what the deal is going to be. Do we know anything about that yet? I don't think they'll go... I don't know if they'll go into details about that, but an article I read about it he said because i was curious to see you know really what what drove this right yeah and uh he said that you know he had been offered deals at dc before um i don't know if you know full contract but at least to write you know a book here or there and obviously Uh, he's had an exclusive deal at marvel he can't do that right but uh what really pushed him was that he was in cleveland recently for his brother's wedding and while he was there he visited the superman museum and you know he's about to turn 50 he's at a um, crossroads. Uh, crossroads in his life and he saw the museum was fascinated by it fell in love with it and realized that there is this whole area universe of comics that he's never really explored in depth and he wants to try his hand at that and he's like you know the only way for a writer to grow is to challenge themselves mm-hmm. and uh, you know, so I think it's a very commendable move, but that was really the catalyst. It, it has gotten to the point. Pushed him to take those deals. It has gotten to the point at this point that the Bendis books have had a lot less allure for people for a long well, yeah, time. Well, yeah, because you get just, so comfortable in the, yeah, that universe. Yeah, and, very much so. Kind of yeah. the same thing that's happened with the Spider-Man writer. Yeah. Um, what, um, 
the Spider-Man current Dan writer, Slott. Dan Slott, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. where it's it, it it's almost such a such an embarrassment of riches that whether it's good or not so good, people just kind of like, yep, Dan Slott's still writing it. Right. Well, I'll um, tell you, I, I Bendis inter- has tried to pivot. Sure. He's tried to do like, okay, I'm really comfortable doing X-Men. Now I'm going to just t- totally give that up sure. to new creators, and I'm going to spearhead the Guardians universe, and then on and on and on. Well, and I read an interview with Scott Snyder recently where he said that because he, he said that he's going to have after Metal is over. He'll have one more big Batman story. Uh, I I think with nah, I forget the name. I forget which artist. I'll look. I'll have to look back at it. But that will be his final Batman story for a while. For a while. What's going and, on with what, what? What about that All Star Batman thing he was doing? Yeah, he's. I mean, he'll finish that up and finish Metal, and, and then um, he'll do this one. Um, but what he said was that back when he started writing Batman, the advice he received from Grant Morrison was like. No matter how long it goes on for, have an ending in mind and work toward that because you don't want to get to a place of uh, being complicit and uh, just, you know... Complacent, oh, right. yeah. Yeah, it's a long week. But, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, and I think Bendis is taking a similar mentality. It's like, you know, he's made widely significant contributions to right. the Marvel Universe and has created some of their biggest characters in the 21st century. But now it's time to try, try something hand. else and well, you know, challenge they, himself. When you hear uh, creators, and I don't want to you know belabor this point, but when you hear creators talking about what they love about their job, sure. and, and obviously um, it's an amazing job, sure, no sure. question. But they always say, I get to play with the best toy box in the universe. I yeah, have the yeah. best toys to play with. Sure. And for Bendis, it's just a whole new world. And so when he talks about challenging himself as a writer and growing, there's no better way to do that than to totally eschew. So the, Marvel and DC are very different. They obviously have a completely different slate of characters. Some uh-huh. of the characters are similar. You have your, your Deathstroke, and your, you know what I mean? The, yeah. there's, there's, there's parallel characters that are similar. They're, they inspire one another. Right. But DC has a very different tone from Marvel. Marvel's much more streetwise and modern. Now, DC has moved a lot more in that direction with, with right. some of their more recent stuff. But generally, their roots are in demigods and mythology, and a lot of their heroes hail from other worlds, and right. you know, it's this mesh of human and extraterrestrial and gods. Right, Where, whereas Marvel is much more a lot of Spider-Man swinging around New York right, and, right. or whatever. Characters and, who start out as humans, an accident happens to them and they become a superhero. Exactly, exactly. So it's it, they're different tones and different vibes. So to yeah. see Bendis not only playing with different toys and being expanded in that way or right. challenged in that way, but also just a whole new outlook on the way that comics entertain. Absolutely. Um, it'll be interesting. Do it'll you have any characters in mind you would like to see him write? I mean, of course, Batman. Okay, you do that? Okay. I want to see Bendis Batman. Okay. I'd like to see him do Nightwing. Um, I mean, those are when it comes to DC. The things that I really love is the Batman universe. Obviously, Um, I'm trying to think what else I really, really like. How about you? What are your picks? Well, I'd rather at least starting out him go for the more obscure characters. So DC's been bringing back a lot of their older characters. Like they just brought back Dead Man and Neil Adams is bringing like that book. He did a really good thing in Sunday Comics. It was was Neil Adams, I think, did it. Mm -hmm. Um, Did a, uh, like a, you know, you remember Sunday Comics? It was this newspaper Mm -hmm. that they did. Um, Anyway, um, but I love the Dead Man story, and that was one of my favorites. So they're bringing back characters like that. I would like DC to revive the question and let Bendis try his hand at that. Oh, yeah. Because he's great with the gritty noir stuff, and um, that's a character I'd really like to see him explore. I could see him doing Teen Titans, especially... Um, the current Teen Titans book is... He can write uh, young voices. Those, he writes young voices well, and those characters are really good for him, like Aqualad, Damian Wayne, Raven, uh, ones like that he could really nail. I am, when you say those names, I'm almost like, wait a second, hasn't he done those characters yeah, before? Of course he hasn't. 
but, but it almost seems like he might well, have. That's, Jordan and I were having that conversation, too. It's like it's, there are certain characters that are basically the same ones, you know, the, in different universes, and uh, so it'd be really interesting to see him take on a book like that. Awesome. Um, it uh, would be cool to see him do a Batman book eventually, but to start out, I'd rather see some of the lesser-known ones, or at least, you know, not Batman Superman, and see him try that and see where it goes. Got it, got it. Well, there's also been a big shakeup in other news at DC. You heard about the Eddie Braganza thing. Yeah. Um, not that I want to go into that super yeah. deep, but um, he's out. Yeah. That's a big deal. Who? What, what? He was the Superman office, is that right? Yeah, I believe so. I don't know much about it, but yeah. Okay. Anyway, yeah. big shakeup at DC. Yeah. A lot of different stuff's going on over yeah. there. And it's interesting that Scott Snyder is making this sort of statement about Batman. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's because Bendis is coming in to swing in and like take over Batman. Well, I mean, Tom King is still the main Batman writer. But, right, right, but yeah, I guess that's true. I guess that's true, but I wonder how long that'll last for. Because I think it'll still be gone for. I mean, it's it's at the point where like um, the War of Jokes and Riddles, which mm-hmm. was the most recent right. arc, it, it is already being hailed as one of the best in the modern age, and uh, they're ranking it alongside Court of Owls and Long Halloween and all these. Wow, classic. Batman how far stories. in is it? Um, let's see, issue thirty three, thirty four. No, the War of. Oh, the war is done. Yeah, that like that that was a summer event. Oh, okay. Um, he's back into the right now. He's going back into the really you know Catwoman. Batman proposed Catwoman right before they did War of Jokes and Riddles, mm-hmm. and so it's a follow up to that right now. Interesting, interesting. But okay. That's still going on for a while. I mean, there are a lot of Batman books. There's um, he writes the main one, obviously. Uh, Detective Comics is probably the second biggest um, by James Tynion the fourth. And you know, there's let's see. Well, then you got all the Nightwing and Robin books. Do we have um, a timeline on when Bendis is coming? Uh, it should be soon because uh, I don't know if they've set a date. But and again, I it, he may start you know writing by the end of the year or early in 2018. I don't know like when his first book is going to come out or what. I just Probably wonder. I while. just wonder like I don't know. I feel like you don't bring him in without a big splash. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's why I mean, starting with a book like the question or something like sure, that sure. would be surprising to me. I think they'd want to give him the reins to something huge. Yeah, I mean, I, I just really wonder what know. that would be. Well, I really don't know how. Will it be much... Superman? Was that a hint? You know, how's I mean, Superman right now? Good. I mean, I've read the first three volumes. Um, Whose hands uh, is it in? I forget the new creator because the Tomasi and Gleason run ended at issue twenty-five. About okay. that's the thing because the. Rebirth titles that are like Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, because they're two issues a month. Uh, it's really so a lot of them yeah. have already. I mean, Rebirth has only been going for about a year and a half, but a lot of them, uh, their creators have left, not yeah. just because. I mean, not in a bad way, but it's just like they've already done. You know, twenty five issues. Right. Um. That's. I mean, a that's a pretty good, good, a good run, run for right. you know today, and so there's a lot of transitions right now. Um. I think King's going to be on Batman for a while, and. Yeah, there's others that'll stay. Nightwing has a new team. I want to say, was it Christopher Priest is on that now? I can't remember. I have to check. Cool. Um, no, Priest is on Justice League. That's right. Um, but yeah. Hey, what about that? What? What about Bendis taking over Justice League? That would, yeah, it's possible. I mean, that I would generally make sense. like his solo books better than his team ones, but it's a got a lot of yeah. both. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yes, it's a possibility. Um, but yeah, I really don't know how. I mean, from the time that. He said yes and took the job to the, what the timeline's been like of how, what conversations they've had. 
have they decided how many books he's going to do etc so i think we'll get more announcements in the coming weeks and especially by you know beginning of the year stay tuned to previews stay tuned all right cool um so i guess that's it for news yeah Mm -hmm. so let us now dive into what we've been watching is that next yeah and then, uh, did you want to say anything about Comic Con? We just touched on it a little bit. But... Well, let's do Comic Con first, and okay. then we'll do what we've sure. been reading. Yeah. Um, so, uh, why don't you talk about your experience at Comic Con first? Yeah. Um, now, I'd like to start with. Let me. I'll ask you questions because you were there for a lot more of it. Um, so I'll take on the interview role here. Tell me about uh, moderating the Batman or the the panel you did on the X. Was it? Well, they do X Men ninety two and Young Blood. The X Men ninety two um, and Young Blood panel. Tell me what that was like. That was a blast. It was you know Chris Sims and Chad Bowers. Like I said, they've been writing partners for well over a decade now. They're still doing books together. And then Chad Bowers writes the current Young Blood uh, comic uh, that they launched earlier this year. As it's been received well, or yeah, oh yeah, it's great. Yeah, as part of Image's twenty fifth anniversary, and Jim Toe is the artist of that. Um, they were great guys to talk with. We just. I mean, we didn't actually have a title for the panel. It was yeah. really just, like, a chat with these guys and about their work, and we talked to all kinds of pop culture stuff. Um, they're what the kind of some of the that, stuff that came up? Well, they we talked a lot about X-Men and about, um, you know, the animated series, and um, they, I joked with them at the beginning that, hey, let's, uh, you know, hum the theme song, you know, just for the fun of it. Mm-hmm. And they were like... Dude, we are so sick of that theme song as much as we love it because every con we go to, that's the question we get asked, and which I imagine does. But um, but they were talking about that that you know as much as they love the MCU, that's the thing is a lot of the Marvel movies don't have that iconic tune like the '90s cartoons did. Right. Um, but they talked about that. We um, they're pretty big horror buffs, so they that's why they talked about why the first X Men. Um, book they did they wanted to include dracula oh, and okay. all this stuff and so that we talked a little bit about how marvel released a bunch of omnibuses in october like werewolf by night which i got and some other horror anthologies as part to celebrate halloween uh and they were big on that and so we were talking about that a little bit um jim toe is a great guy too so he talked about his art process but yeah it was just a really good talk for like an hour of just talking geek stuff like i do all the time nice nice um they talk about the writing process and other collaborations and all that um so let's now take a chunk of uh, a few minutes here to talk about valiant yeah uh valiant is something that is always the table that that draws me in sure Um, they have this beautiful table they do every year at nc comic-con it is basically they do a deal where you can get like what five Five volume ones for thirty bucks, which is awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, because obviously they're ten dollars each normally, yeah, yeah. so mm-hmm. you're getting two free. Yeah. Um, and so you can really dive into to the Valiant universe. They also sure. have good deals on all of their books. Um, we met their new marketing manager, mm-hmm. uh, who is awesome. Um, I met their chief creative officer. Yeah. Right. Right. Dinesh. As well, Dinesh. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and then um, the real news is we got to go to a panel. Yeah, we did. Um, and it was one of the spoileriest. Um, not spoileriest, but well, it, revealiest. We, oh yeah, we got exclusive stuff. It there. was amazing yeah. how much they showed. It's really like they've they've taken the NC Comic Con under their wing and really make it yeah. like a place for reveals. Right. So basically, um, as anybody who is following Valiant knows, they are slow playing their film plans. So their film plans are going to be they're going to be doing Bloodshot and they're going to be doing. Harbinger, Harbinger, and the um, plan is eventually to do Harbinger Wars. Right, so that's the then those will two the, they'll be like yeah, two yeah. two of each of those, and then they'll segue yeah. into Harbinger Wars as like a as like a fifth film. And I they've guess. got a Quantum and Woody TV show 
in the works. There's a yeah. lot of stuff going, yep. you know, moving forward. Really cool casting yeah, yeah. on a lot of it. Um, but in the meantime, uh-huh. they are going their own direction a bit, and they are going to dip their toe into the multimedia water with a digital first series. Yep. Um, and it is called Ninjak versus the Valiant Universe. Uh-huh. Is that right? Yep, correct. Um, and it stars... Michael Rowe, who I got to meet at the con. Yeah, awesome. there's this fantastic awesome picture. Yeah. Fantastic picture of Kevin. Check out Kevin's Facebook for the picture. Yep. I'm sure it's there. Facebook and Twitter, yep. Um, but awesome guy. Um, just a really cool, high-energy dude. Yeah, he really is. This dude is. is bouncing all over the place. He obviously plays... Deadshot on Arrow and the Flash. So that's how you would know him if you don't yeah. know him otherwise. Um, very physical actor, very upbeat, very positive, yeah. a little bit sarcastic in a really pleasant yeah, way. Yeah, fun way. I mean, yeah. He's a cool dude. He's I really asked cool him dude. about, hey, what, because, you know, I'm a big Power Rangers fan. I was like, so what was it like working with Jason David Frank? Because Frank is playing Bloodshot in the web series. And he's like, man, we'll be doing a fight scene and uh, Jason will just want to put the pic on Instagram. I'm like, dude, we can't do that right now. We're, this is, would be way too spoilerly. We don't have permission, but... Yeah. Um, so that was really fun. Interesting, interesting. Um, um, but that panel, though, we got so at the panel, we got to see three clips. Yep. One of which was the first ten minutes. Yeah. Of the, of the series. Yep. Of the first episode, the whole thing is going to have a runtime of about an hour and a half. Is yep. what they're saying, like mm-hmm. movie length. Once it's all put together, right, right. I'd say eighty-eight minutes is probably a safe bet. I think they said six episodes total. Um, and it's all going to be free, too. So I, is, Which, I, which yeah. blew my mind. Yep. Mm-hmm. So this is just going to be straight up free yep. web series you can see. Basically to get people pumped. And yeah, they're spending yeah, yeah. a lot of money on this. When they talked about it, There's they said that millions and millions and yeah. millions of dollars they're putting into this. Um, maybe not. I don't know if they, they gave a dollar figure, but a lot of money. Tons of locations. Yeah. They're using stunt coordinators that work on you know Marvel and DC cinematic universe movies right right um so it is really interesting so anyway what i've always thought going into this was i've always worried like are you going to cheapen people's impressions of these characters by having a web series first um with you know obviously the production values as good as you want to make them they're not going to be a, a feature film level yeah um the the amount of time that you have they're doing it they called it they, they did the entire shoot i think in 5 weeks on what they called an indie film schedule yeah um which was interesting but Nonetheless, it's not going to be the kind of investment of time, money, effort, everything that you get for a feature film. Um, so I always worried that it's going to come across as corny and, and cheap and, and just, I don't know, just cheap in the universe before it even gets to take off. Uh-huh. That was my worry. And also, obviously, and I asked the question, what is the crossover going to be like? Like these characters, you, you're, you've cast them now. Um, and, and I get it that like, you know, in the, in the case of the flash and the DC extended universe, there's a different actor playing the flash in right. the justice league than there is on TV. And that's fine. But with this, it's a little different because this is your, everybody's first introduction visually. And it's also a web series. So, you know, it, you could, I'm of two minds about all of that, but we then got to see the footage. Um, and it is really, really good looking. It really is. I mean, I was geeking out the whole time. Um, you know, I don't want to spoil too much here because, you know, we were given exclusive footage there. But basically, you know, it was the first 10 minutes. We could do the setup. Of, I mean, yeah, it was a lot the, of Ninjak in the first uh, 10 minutes. Um, uh, he's the, at MI6. And then something horrible happens to somebody he cares about, yeah. which propels him forward. Um, the fight scenes are solid. Yeah, um, they that's, really are. that's my mean, first impression is that good stunts. I mean, it looks like the punches are connecting. That's the thing you always miss yeah. in amateur stunt work is yeah. like, oh, dude, that punch didn't even. I could so see fake. it not yeah. hit. <laughs> I could see it. Literally, there was air between right. that punch and that face. Right, right. If it's not done right, that's what you get. Sure. Um, that is luckily not a place where they cheaped out. Um, they really put the money in on that. Um, sure. Also, the the actors they got are great for the most part. 
Um, I loved <laughs> Ninjak. Um, that we also got to see um, Archer, and Armstrong. Archer and Armstrong. Armstrong is like inspired casting. Really fantastic. Yeah. Loved him. Um, Archer is tough. Archer is, and I've read the Archer and Armstrong, mm. although Kevin seems to think I haven't. Uh, but I have no, read Archer I, I and Armstrong. I get what you're saying. It's like, uh, I have read Ar- Archer and Armstrong, and I get it that he says things like hot dog, and he's very sheltered and corny. But the actor they have playing him is like everything I was worried that this was going to be. He seems like they pulled him out of central casting and said, you get some speaking lines. I mean, it was <laughs> horrendous sounding. I mean, he was like, hot dog. I mean, it was, it was, I, I mean, I can't, you have to see it to understand like how shabby I felt this looked. I, I don't, I, I know you had a better impression of it. I just, I, I mean, thought it looked fair. horrible. I, it's fair. But yeah, I mean, that's kind of what I love about Archer and Armstrong is that there is such a dichotomy between those characters of, Archer being this overtly optimistic, you know, sheltered kid who, you know, is thrown into the real world. And Armstrong is this immortal drunkard uh-huh. who's traveled centuries and interestingly, seen the world. And... In- interestingly, the, the immortal drunkard aspect I didn't get as much as I got kind of like the quiet giant, stoic and strong. Well, and... yeah, that, yeah. But that's what is like, you know, total optimism, total cynicism. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, I... Yeah, I just didn't like the I mean, Archer fair, casting. I think yeah. the Archer casting was horrible. Anyway, um, then, then then the final thing we got to see was uh, the ultimate for, for Kevin. Well, yeah. We got uh, no lines at all, but we got to see XO suit up. And guys, I have to tell you, I was just like fanboying out. It was amazing. I mean, it's it simple, solid. but it looks like good. it's just him putting on the Shinara armor, armor and... It looks uh, real good. And then flying off. And then flying off and... Oh, it was beautiful. It looks really good. Yeah. Um, what's really interesting is getting to see this universe come to life. Um, yeah, because absolutely. it's really cool. And also Ninjak. See, that's a character I haven't read at all. So I am dying to like really dive into Ninjak because he seems really. Yeah, have interesting. you read him in crossovers or anything? No, not at really? all. Okay, okay. Not at all. Which um, like where are the main volume books you've read? I'm just curious. I've read EXO the first two. I've wait. Re- he's in he's in volume two. That was Enter Ninjak. No, maybe I only read the first one. Okay. Then. Yeah, I yeah. read the first one then. Okay. So no, I have not. Okay. Yeah. Um. And um, then I read Bloodshot Volume One. I had okay. a lot of the Volume Ones. Okay. I read um, Archer and Armstrong Volume One, um, Mirage Doctor Mirage okay, Volume yeah, One. Yeah, yeah. Um, Shadow Man. I have it, but I haven't read it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, that one always just like I always push that one aside. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I don't know yeah. why. Um, Quantum and Woody. Quantum and Woody Volume okay, yeah. One. Okay. Um, let's see what else. Um, and you picked up Faith at the con. I have so, Faith, yeah, but yeah. I haven't read it. Um, there's a couple more that Ryan? I have. I've read the first two issues of Rye, okay, which yeah, I liked yeah, yeah. Okay, a lot. Cool. Um, it's it's very dense, though. So it is, it's, yeah, yeah. It, it stopped me yeah. in my tracks a bit. Sure. Um, Harbinger, I've read the okay, first right, right. Yeah. one and a half of okay. those. So very so, yeah, he had shallow on all that stuff. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And you haven't read the Valiant? No, right? no, I'm yeah, waiting. Yeah. I want to. I wanted. To, well, I don't know what I'm waiting for, but I want to. I want to go as much in order as you can, as I can. Yeah, Although yeah. it's getting to be such a vast, big universe that right, that's right. tough. I actually started with the Valiant because that actually. I mean, while it is a crossover, it provides a nice introduction to the universe and kind of lets you know which characters you want to learn. Interesting. More about. Okay, yeah. so that so I've heard that. Yeah. But I'm surprised to hear that coming from you, who've now become such a Valiant fan. Yeah, that's how I started, because I didn't really know, I mean, I didn't know about it before, you know, it came and gone in the 90s, and then the reboot started in what, like 2012, 2013. Um, but no, I didn't really know where to start, so I started with that. Nice. I heard them recommend yeah. that a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. it's a good one. That's cool. That's Lemire, right? Yeah, Lemire and Kent. 
Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah, wow. Okay, Um. and so anyway, that it looks great. Yeah. Can't wait for it to come oh, out. It looks excited. like it's going to be early 2018. Is yeah, that, that's is that right. the indication? They're, they said they're done filming. They're putting final touches on the editing. And, and special post, effects. Yeah, special yeah. effects, post-production. So cool. they're working on it. Well, I'm really excited to see the whole thing. It'll yeah. be free. I'm sure it'll come out, like, maybe weekly or maybe all at once. We don't know. Yeah, I forgot. I think I asked Michael Rowe about that, but... Either way, I'm, yeah, you know. yeah, I'm cool with it either way. All right, um, excited about that. Absolutely. Definitely don't don't go into it thinking that it's not. It does have a web vibe. Um, oh yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah, definitely yeah, yeah. MacGuffin-y. Like, oh, yeah, oh yeah. there's this special box that got sure. stolen, and like, who gives a flying hoot? What's right, in it? it's not you know, you know gonna yeah. be an amazing story or anything, but it's gonna be a really cool. Fun experience with tons fans. of fighting, and and it's it, it's a globe trot. Right, it's an idea that you know Ninjak is your is your conduit to this world, and then he just interacts with everyone right. in the Valiant universe. And that's the thing is, I hope that it will bring other people into the Valiant universe and be like, oh, I want to check out these characters. Yeah, as much like Valiant the comic did for you. Yeah, yeah. All right, cool. Um, last thing that would be important to talk about would be because I think in what we're reading, you'll talk a little bit about the books you got. Yeah, or yeah. maybe. Yeah. Um, well. But let's talk about our panel. Yes. Um, so we did a podcasting panel. This is our second. This is maybe the third time we've done podcasting panels, but the second at this Comic Con. Yes. Um, and we did one at Oak City and one at Bull City last year. Right. Yeah. Um, it's been, but the, it's a really fun thing to do, um, especially with our friends at Name Redacted. Oh yeah, they're the best. Uh, we just have a really good rapport with those guys. They could not be cooler, um, and it was really interesting because so so they have. Um, Chris and Alex were with us. Yes. Um, and they, between the two of them, so Alex is very much the affable, outgoing. He's very good at like praising them and, yeah, and, and yeah, putting yeah. their best foot forward and really like selling them. So right. he really talks, speaks to the PR side of things. Um, Chris really speaks to the technical side. Yeah, so he tough. really can go in depth and talk about, uh, and you'll hear all of this. I won't, we won't go into it in too much in depth because we're going to have it posted in the next week or so. I have some editing to do on it, interestingly. Um, but once that's done, uh, we'll be able to put that one up. It takes a little more work than a normal episode for that reason. We did a live-to-tape recording. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but what was also really cool, uh, so anyway, those those two sort of added those aspects. We talked about what we do. Kevin has a really unique perspective because, Kevin, you do your own uh, podcast that yeah. you're doing for in a corporate way. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Where you're actually making money in a way as a podcaster and a writer on a website. Yeah. I'm pretty fortunate there. To be yeah. doing that, so that but... was, that was, that <laughs> yeah. was cool too. So you could speak to that side of sure. it. Um, my real focus or the thing I like to talk about a lot is I like content in my podcasts. Yeah. So I am big on funny is great. Rapport is great. And all that stuff is essential. It's interesting. But when I watch a pod, listen to a podcast or watch one, if it's a video podcast, I want to learn about the stuff they're talking about. I really want to know all about that game and every aspect of it or all about that movie or something, just someone else's pers- uh, perspective or opinion on something in depth. Yeah. That's what I always like. So that's sort of what I brought to it. Um, but all in all, it was just a great time. Those guys are on hiatus right now. You can go back and watch some of their old episodes mm-hmm. or check out some of their old episodes. Uh, they say that probably sometime the next year they'll be back. Yeah. So. And I think we'll be doing more collaborations. Oh, definitely. Definitely. That's it, It's super fun. Yeah. Um, I met a lot of cool people as well. Had some yeah. really cool conversations. We um, actually got several podcasters or, or aspiring ones talk to us during the panel and mm-hmm. um, we connected with them afterwards and they you ask know, questions about like what they can do to yeah. you know to improve their reach right. and and things like that. So and, it was yeah, fun. It was awesome. It was definitely fun. Cool. So, good job. Um, all right. Well, yeah. All in all, is definitely one of the better comic cons I've been to. But everyone is great. I mean, though. yeah. I mean, NC Comic Con just delivers consistently. It is yeah. family. Um, you don't go home to Thanksgiving and like rate it. You know yeah, what I mean? It's, yeah, just, yeah, exactly. it's, it's, it's good every right, time. Right. You know? Right. Right. Um, 
Unless evil Aunt Mildred shows up. Just kidding. I don't have an evil Aunt Mildred. Um, okay. Well, on that note, uh, let's dive into what we've been watching, playing, reading, etc. Uh, not playing, actually. We keep that for gaming. But, number one, I want to hear about Punisher. I want to hear about Punisher. Oh, you man. seem like you're chomping at the bit to talk about it. So, let's hear it. All right. So, I'm only four episodes in. I kind of want to take my time with it just because it's so good. This might be my favorite of the Marvel Netflix shows. And you know how much I love Daredevil. Uh-huh. So what I love about it, it's not a bang em up shoot 'em up gore fest like throughout. I mean, the really? violence is there. Because Destin Legary from IGN, he literally, and, and again, you're only four episodes in. Yeah, I know. But he said, I, mean, I really liked it, but the, the gore made me wince on occasion. Well, that's it. I mean, it's brutal when it's there, but I'm what I'm saying is that... It's not it, nonstop. No, it's a very really good characters i said very really good well i'm terrible with words today but um it is a great character study and a look at you know who frank castle is what i really like about it is that it continually makes you go back and forth between rooting for him and hating him and i love genuinely that yes because so basically the setup is that at the beginning he goes and finishes off a bunch of drug dealers and gangsters who were connected to his family's murder and then he's trying to put the punisher life behind him he's trying to start anew he goes and um creates a new identity grows a beard of course and awesome. um he just gets a job as a construction uh, worker uh and you know keeps to himself gets a small apartment and he's trying to put the whole life behind him and he gets sucked back into it because an NSA analyst named Mike Rowe, who's been off the grid and is presumed Michael dead. Rowe? Mike Rowe. Like? M-I-C-R-O is his code name. Oh, like, okay. Yeah, Mike yeah, Rowe. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would have been awesome. I thought it was Michael, Michael Rowe. Rowe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah that would have been awesome. <laughs> okay. Um, but, no, so Mike Rowe contacts him because this guy's been presumed dead. Uh, basically, he had uh, sent encrypted files that were sent to him exposing the unit that frank was a part of oh. and so he's connected to everything that Horrible happened atrocities. To his family and all that but he he wants to help frank get to the bottom of the case and stop the guys uh who you know are responsible for his murder his family's murder and so it's it starts off that way and it's just some people have complained actually that the, it starts off too slow i really appreciated that it was kind of a slow burner that it takes its time to really look at Frank as a character. And John Bernthal's performance is just masterful. Is he I mean, fun to watch? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I'm engrossed in it. I mean, like, uh, so it's not It's gonna not going to be for everyone. Granted, I like war stories. I like westerns. I like, you know, troubled characters like that where you have a protagonist who has done horrible things and you're very conflicted about him. I really like that. It's not, it's not for everyone, but... I think it does a really great job looking at PTSD, looking at, you know, morality. Um, the other really interesting component is that one of the major subplots is that Frank has this war buddy uh, who's now, um, he's like now an insurance agent, started a new life, and he uh, manages this, this support group for veterans. And there's a guy in that group who's suffering from big time PTSD, PTSD and uh, is looking like he's going to be really off the cuff. And there's another guy in the group who's a big NRA supporter and is trying to get him riled up, and so you don't really know what's going to happen there. 
there's just a lot of really interesting components to play in. So, 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 so with that one, you have kind of the makings of, of you know, I shudder to even mention it, but like the horrible shootings that have been going yeah, on. Yeah, no, yeah. Um, possible... and I think it is very much commentary on a lot of the. I mean, the showrunner has said like, I don't want to make people think we're glorifying violence, even though there is going to be a there's going to be brutal. fun there's going to be gun porn there's going to be like right. the fun over the top moments right. where the punisher punishes right but at the same time there are consequences and we will demonstrate those yeah absolutely and i think it's really done a good job of doing that from the beginning i, I can't like. believe it's 13 episodes i just yeah. can't believe that an offshoot series basically i feel like now again because i'm only four episodes in i it may i i don't know i may change and, and by the end of it i may be like okay that went on a little too long i don't know yeah but currently i'm loving it but it is just a straight serialized straight through yeah okay. and it also has the benefit of being the first one individual marvel netflix series that doesn't have to build up to the it's defenders true. it can be its own thing it's very character focused that's the only true. Connection That's what has. surprises me too. Yeah. It's not one of these four core right. series which are all still yeah, going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a brand new one and yet it got 13. Like yeah. Defenders only got what 8? Yeah. 6 mm-hmm. maybe. Eight. Uh, it was 8. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And the only connection it has to the other ones is that Karen Page from Daredevil is in it. Um as a pretty big supporting character. Okay. All right. That's cool. Um tell me how it compares um aside from the obvious that Daredevil isn't the main character now. Wasn't then, yeah, 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 but was then and isn't now. How does it compare with his his with Punisher's uh, portion Punisher of Daredevil, Daredevil. two? So it, it's a really good follow up to it. I mean, granted, in that he's the villain, but at the same, but in this one, it's hard to call him a hero too. Like he's that's again, he bridges that line between hero and villain constantly throughout his own show. Um, and actually, they, what's really interesting is I was watching episode three last night where. Uh, he keeps Micro chained to a chair the whole time and he's interrogating him because he still doesn't trust him. It directly parallels season two, episode three of Daredevil, where he does that with Daredevil. He captures Daredevil and um, interrogates There's him. A, I, that's another thing about these Marvel series. So I've been trying, uh, on a side note, I've been trying, or a very related note, I've been yeah. trying to get through Daredevil season one, which is good. I'm not going to say it's sure, not. Sure, sure. It's a slow burner, though. It's slow burner, and yeah. it's also, it, it really strikes me as being low budget. There are very, it's very. There's like two or three locations per episode. Mm. They don't go anywhere. Um, I was watching the one where he's there with the Russian dude who's dying, and like, mm-hmm. and like uh, uh, the ner- the night nurse is on the yeah. phone, and she's trying to give him instructions on how to save him. The whole thing is in that basement. The yeah. whole episode. Well, I think that's kind of intentional though, because it maintains a very noir vibe. It's but, constrained to Hell's Kitchen. Okay, but... so okay, so no, no, no. I'm talking about. A basement. Yeah. I'm not talking about Hell's Kitchen. Yeah, I'm talking about yeah. one room yeah. where it's him and one other actor talking the whole time. Radios come in, talk about all the excitement and yeah, shit that's yeah. going on outside, but you're seeing this one room. I another thing, say, too. Another thing, too. You, the only thing you see is just the you see the outdoor area where the cops are, are, are gathering and then him in there. And there's others. And then the other, the other thing they flash to in that is Foggy and, and uh, Karen Page having a meal. Yeah. And that's I, it. Well, it's and that, very lo-fi. That's why I enjoyed season two a lot more is just because it broadens the scope a lot more. It has a more compelling plot in my mind. Even though there are plot holes, it was still more engaging but, to me. Right, but and, when, when, yeah, you but, mention, when you mention the Punisher having not one but two entire episodes that are him interrogating someone, once again, but it's at, claustrophobic at the, as fuck. It's claustrophobic, but at the same time, that episode also does the Punisher one does a lot of his origin too so it's you're not just staying there um so it flashes to other scenes probably that were all shot at the same time 
I don't know. I just feel like these episodes they get very claustrophobic. Oh, I, that's fair. I that's feel fair. like these Marvel series they need to like have more like episodic that leads to a oh, serialized I, yeah, thing. No, I, I know we've agreed on that yes, before. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so, but it sounds like it's... I'm not, don't get me wrong. I'm not getting down on it. Sure, Daredevil's yeah. great. The performances are great. Um, I'm just really struck by how often it's like him in a room talking to somebody for 15 minutes yeah, in the dark. Yeah, that's, yeah. There's a lot of that. Yeah. So. Oh, also, um, Ben Barnes from Westworld is in this. Ben Barnes, who's he playing? The play guy, um, what, what's his face? His brother. The, like, douchey brother. Oh, played. really? Yeah, yeah, Oh, I like him. Yeah, and he put... He's uh, um, also, he was one of Frank's war buddies, and now um, he's come back, and he's working for the government. And um, Cool. May or may not guy. be a good guy, right? Yeah, kind of, but uh, but it's still a friend of his. Okay, um, cool. So that's really well, I'm interested to see that. I yeah, like yeah, him yeah. a lot. That yeah. actor has a lot of uh, Casting's good all around. Um, there's a female FBI agent who's one of the main detectives on um, Castle's case. I don't remember the actress's name off the top of my head, but she's great. So when you get home today, is it like the first thing you're gonna do is watch Punisher, or is um, are you that compelled? Uh, pr- probably tonight. I try to write a little yeah. bit when I get home after this, but um, but yeah, I, again, I there's like Stranger Things I binge, but generally I like to spread it out a little, even mm-hmm. if I'm really enjoying it. So this one I've been doing two episodes, so. Um, did two episodes Friday, two episodes last night. Nice, nice. Okay, but cool. It's but it's solid. It's just, and I really love the dialogue, the performances, the pacing. Um, again, some people have really complained about the that it's slow burner at first, but I again I enjoyed it that it doesn't just go off and be balls to the walls, shoot them up constantly. Um, but cool. and I actually is someone speaking as someone who really likes the Thomas Jane version. I've never understood the hate on that movie. Um, I mean, it's not great by me, but it's a solid action movie, mm-hmm. and um, I think it's a solid depiction of Punisher. Some people just hate that movie, but regardless, this is definitely the definitive version of Punisher. Got it. Cool. Awesome. Good stuff. Um, all right. Let's uh, let's see. So I have something to talk about, yeah. and I'm very sad about it. Very uh, sad indeed. Uh, um, anybody who knows me knows that I am the biggest murder mystery fan that I've ever Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, you, you saw I it. I did, yeah. Ooh, so so, I, so when, about three or four months ago, I saw the trailer for Murder on the Orient Express, the new Kenneth Branagh-led um, Poirot and film. Directed. And directed. Yeah. Um, Poirot film. Um, it was with a lot of trepidation. So I'm a huge Poirot fan. Uh, I've seen all 100 and whatever episodes there are of the series on Masterpiece. Yeah. Um, it's a BBC series, but here we get it right, on Masterpiece. Right. I've seen all the episodes multiple times. Um, now, granted, David Suchet, who plays Poirot in that, is by, is my Poirot by far. Yeah. There have been a couple others, like Peter Ustinov, that people talk about is like a good Poirot and different things. For me, there'll never be another one that's David Suchet. Yeah. But that's okay. I can put that aside and look at a different character portraying, the, a yeah. different actor portraying the role. When this trailer came on, you were jumping out of your seat and were like, <gasps> Yeah, I was yeah. really yeah, pumped yeah. because it's taking something now, as great as the Poirot adaptions are on the BBC, they are lower budget. Mm. Pretty high budget considering. Like, yeah. if there's a murder on the Nile, they're out on a, in a desert like, right, doing right. shit. But it's but this not... this is the first mainstream. Very mainstream, you know, AAA, huge box Everyone office. Everyone is in it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's a $50 million budget. Yeah. Um, and a lot of that had to be spent on the cast. Yeah. This has a stupid cast. Yeah. And when I saw it... Now, and what's great is it has a big... So all of the Poirot novels, they're written by Agatha Christie. I've also read all the Marples and everything, but anyway... They're written by Agatha Christie, and the idea is, with the best of them, in my opinion, you'll have a cast of, like, maybe eight to ten suspects, and they're all colorful and interesting, and even when you don't find out 
that like at the end when you find out who done it, even the ones that didn't do it, you find out like dirty secrets or interesting aspects or something is revealed about them. So the reveals aren't only who done it. It's really fascinating and, and these are great character studies. Everybody's got something to hide in most cases. Those things are great. So setting this up, when I saw that trailer, it's this star-studded cast of people like Judy Dench and um, Daisy Ridley. I mean, are you kidding me? Johnny Depp. Um, uh, Boyega. John Boyega. So we have the whole Star Wars cast in this. Um, Johnny Depp plays the guy who gets murdered. Everybody knows that's who he plays, so Mm -hmm. I can say that. Um, He's in it for about 10 minutes, but it's a really good role. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, the list goes on and on and on. Um, uh, Josh Gad is in it. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's it's a really amazing cast. Okay. Also, it's it's luscious and gorgeous, and that's what the people that love this movie have been saying. They, yeah, yeah. They, you, the cinematography, the snow, the the train itself yeah, yeah. is so lavishly appointed and beautiful. Yeah. Um, the whole thing takes place on this train, um, but you get to see you know flashbacks like you mentioned. There's this intro scene where they kind of like intro Poirot's genius and and how he how he catches this corrupt um, official. Um, but the problem is. And, and when I saw the, the trailer, I was like, ooh, I don't know about this. I heard Brana talking about it, and he's like, to me, I don't understand why Poirot can't also be an action hero. Like, why he can't uh, also, like, fight and hold his own if a fight arises. And I was like, that bodes poorly. That bodes real poorly. Because Poirot, for people that don't know, he's like, he looks like a pet. He's built kind of like the penguin. Um, he's got a big belly, and he loves to eat and drink fine wine. Um, whenever he's walking through so much as mud, he's worried about his shoes. Yeah. He's got this mustache that has to be perfect at all moments. He's he's a, he's very narcissistic, but also with a heart of gold. Um, incredibly OCD about stuff. So very much not what Brenna was portraying. Uh-huh. And and I and I've heard Brenna talk about it. And I want to listen to more of his his excuses, is what I'm going to call them, um, for why he made the decisions that he made in this. But he made he said things like, "I went through all the Agatha, Agatha Christie novels and looked at every piece of description about Poirot, and picked out the ones that maybe haven't been used as often, um, because you know, with every fictional character in in, in in novels, when there's a large body of work, there's, you know." When they do an adaptation, they pick and choose. Sure. So he was going to try to pick more at, at more unique aspects of him that haven't been demonstrated as much. But when I saw that, I just he he's standing there just letting the letting the camera eat him up and just doing this 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 very uncharismatic presentation. And then they throw in like this supposed former love of his life uh-huh. that you never find anything out about. He just every time he's struggling mentally, he just goes to his tra- train chamber and pulls out a photo of like I think it's her name's Elizabeth. He goes, "Oh, Elizabeth, my little gray cells are suffering today." And then uh-huh. puts yeah. it down. I mean, it's so shitty. Um the movie itself is I went with a girl who is a really good friend of mine. Um and she is the kind of person who's always angry at people for falling asleep in movies. You know, she's like, come on, we paid for this movie, don't fall yeah, asleep. Yeah. She literally poked me at one point and said, I am so sorry. It's not because this is a bad movie. I'm just really falling asleep here. Please don't be mad at me. And she yeah. never does that. Right, never, right. ever, ever. In the end, she said she held herself awake. Um, the movie is boring as shit. Dang. It's slow as fuck. And, and I'm talking about I'll watch some slow as molasses detective movies, and I am yeah, yeah. fine with it as long as I'm – it's interesting. This at no point was interesting. Uh-huh. At no, in no way was I interested in any aspect of any of the characters' plight. The directing was just it – was, it was all like, like sweeping camera motions to show you how beautiful everything was, but it had no dramatic impact. Um, there were there was like a chase thrown in to try to make it interesting, and it was much ado about nothing. And red herrings are a big part of detective fiction. That's fine, um, but 
and then the script. The worst part of it, and, and it's a shame because I know Michael Green was, was, was involved and he's written, he can write brilliant stuff. So I have a feeling that it wasn't maybe his fault, but he did, he was the screenwriter, so I don't know. But the script was horrendous. Uh, the the decisions that they make, this murder is very unique. It has a very unique conclusion, which I won't go into. Um, but they don't sell it at all. And it's something that has to be sold correctly. Because if you don't if you don't buy into certain premises, you are not gonna go along with what happens. And they do not do it justice at all, the the unique ending that this thing has. Um, the way they try to build him up and then have, you know, everything he believes thrown into question is just done poorly. You just don't care. Um, there's there's gunplay that's unnecessary. It, it's just the most boring, lavishly produced, indulgent piece of shit. I mean, I, it, it is so bad. Wow. It is so fucking bad. I left there just being like, all I could say was wow, like you just said, just wow. That was, it couldn't be worse. I mean, it, it could be because it could be ugly. It's not ugly. Yeah. But aside from that, I, I mean, I didn't enjoy anything about it. Wow. Not anything. Some of the performances were even okay. Yeah. Like, they weren't even great performances. And I'm talking about... Dang, that's like, got to suck for you because... Oh, I remember the hype you had for this one. Was, I was worried. I mean, yeah. when you see that trailer where he goes, I am Hercule Poirot. I am probably the greatest detective in the world. And then, like, everyone online made these jokes because they have this score that comes in, like, with a, with a soundtrack song right after it. So, yeah. so he goes, the greatest detective ever known. It's like, hit me up, believe it, yeah, yeah. believe yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, boof, you know, it's just it like, it's, cheesy, it's yeah. really cheesy. Yeah, yeah. And then online, the big meme was they would have him saying that and then, like, put in some ridiculous music. So he'd be <laughs> like, I'm Hercule Poirot, the greatest detective in the world. And it's like, Joe, and shit like that, you know, just like whatever funny shit they could put in. And just to take away the... The pomposity and the self, he just takes himself so goddamn seriously in it. Oh, it's just, oh, it's a mess. It's real okay. bad. Okay. Um, I was, I was so, not I that. I forgot to ask you about it before we started. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, it's, okay. it's, a, it's, it, nothing has ever deserved more, um, the characterization of train wreck. Wow. Okay. It is a train fucking wreck. It is a massive train wreck of a movie. It sucks. Apparently it did okay. Made a hundred million. I was say, I hope they made something because with. The money they poured into it to pay that cast. They made a hundred yeah. million off fifty mil, okay. uh, but then again, the production, the uh, the advertisement is ridiculous. The marketing yeah. budget is probably another fifty mil. Sure. So if it doesn't do well internationally, there definitely won't be any more. Um, there is like a tease at the end. He's like, he gets a phone call right when he's done with this crazy harrowing case, and they're like, we have a situation. Somebody's been murdered on the Nile. He's like, oh, okay, I better go. Uh, anyway, I'm his not directing gonna... projects are interesting, but I love his Hamlet. I don't know if his you Hamlet's saw brilliant. That. Yeah, his yeah, Hamlet's yeah, brilliant. Yeah. And actually, the girl I went with. I'll just say Melissa because that is her name. Yeah. Um. She said that like she had the biggest crush on uh, Kenneth Branagh, and but more of a brain crush mm-hmm. was just really obsessed with him in his Shakespeare work. Sure. Um. And and it wasn't until later when he did there was some movie that he did that that she said, oh yeah, Frankenstein. And yeah, when he did Frankenstein, yeah, yeah, yeah. she yeah. just fell out of love with him as yeah, a director because yeah. it was a. Tra- and he's really hit or miss, you know. Oh he yes, does, yeah. He did. Sh- he did Jack Ryan's Shadow Recruit. Dude. He did the first Thor, he, yeah. which was yeah. great. Yeah. And then he bailed on that, and then he, which is fine, whatever. You do what you want to do. But he just he, he seems like he just like takes on these big projects. He does them, and then he moves on. Yeah. And the other problem too is, you know, he's got he knows murder mysteries and how to do them right. I just thought of this because he did he played Wallander, um, Kurt, uh, who is Kurt Wallander, who is. You know, one of the greatest, if not the greatest, um, Swedish noir detective, mm. written by the novelist Henning Mankel, um, and so he knows his way around like a well-produced murder mystery. 
he just tried to make this like I, I don't know what he tried to do when over I over the top. Well, and, yeah. yeah, when the revelations came out, they just came one after another. They weren't earned. They weren't sold properly. I mean, it was just everything yeah. about it was wrong. Yeah. Anyway, it was a mess. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, <laughs> I was disappointed. I was disappointed, but at the same time, like I kind of was. I went in there cautious. Yeah. Um. So okay. anyway, I look forward to watching rewatching the Poirot yeah. Murder on the Orient Express uh, adaptation that they did. Uh, the the David Suchet version on yeah, the yeah. BBC. Okay. Um. Cool. Anyway, that's uh that's that's my big one. What okay. else you got for us? Um, comics. So yeah, I picked up a bunch of Valiant books at the con. So I read Bloodshot Reborn Volume One, which is fantastic. Um, and I was reading that on the same day that Punisher came out. So those two coincided really well. Um, because it's also a story about. You know, he's no longer bloodshot at the beginning. The nanites are gone, and he's trying to, you know, live a quiet life and everything. And then he finds out that there are these murders in Colorado, which is where he's living right now, and they have been infested with the nanites. Because um, those of you who don't know, bloodshot is just this... He's like Punisher. He's a killing machine. But he was a government agent infused with um, AI technology to turn him into... You know their own personal weapon and he eventually went against the organization and um, became his own hero and all that but you know here he's trying to put away that life but is of course sucked back into it when these killers arise and they have the nanite technology in them um but it's so it's very much like an old man logan type storyline it's phenomenal um the art is stellar and it's jeff lemire writes that book um and he's still writing bloodshot now because there's a new one that just came out um, so that one's great. I'm finishing up into these XO run. I got two volumes to go. That's so I awesome. Read, yeah, I love I that you're reading 11. that whole thing. Oh yeah, I read volume eleven yesterday. Um, How's it going? Still oh, great. It's awesome. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. amazing. It just keeps on ticking, huh? Yeah, it's a it, it's a nice concern. I mean, it's about a little more than fifty issues, so it's just it's a the right solid amount. run. It's a really solid run, but just the right the amount. The likes of which so. we don't often get. Yeah, I mean, there's a good mix of you know self-contained storylines where. You know, he's just fighting an alien threat or whatever. And then others where it delves into the origins of the Exo Man of War armor and, you know, his complicated relationship with the Vine species who originally abducted him. Um, but, yeah, it's just great. It's a really solid mix of science fiction, historical fiction, um, you know, modern-day politics a little bit, and just a really good character-based story. Um, nice. So that one's awesome. Um, DC, I read Supergirl Volume 2 the other day. That was fun. I enjoyed the first volume a little more, but I liked 2 as well. She, It's fun. They, they had a team up with her and Batgirl, and they get stuck in the fam zone together, so they have to escape that. So that was fun. Oh, okay. Um, but, yeah, those, I'm trying to think of any other comics. I just picked up Baby Teeth, the latest issue, and um, Mr. Miracle, still reading that, so... Cool. Yeah. What about watching? Anything else? Um, let me see. Not as much. I'm. I started rewatching Breaking Bad because it's been a while. Really? Uh, yeah. You want to go through that again with all the other great stuff that's around? Uh, there's a lot, but I just started the other day. Uh, all right. Yeah. The I, first I'm always fun. on. Oh, it's great. I mean, yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm always. I can never stay committed to one thing. I'm always on. Yeah. Unless it's like Stranger Things. Right. Right. And it's still, still watching Flash. Oh, okay. Yeah. Is it still going good or? Yeah, it's a fun season. Okay, yeah. so they are shaping it up to be relatively Yeah, fun. it was more just the, I wish the first, the season premiere had been a two-parter and had given, you know, a little room to breathe with um, Barry gone instead of bringing him back right away. Right. Um, but, you know, it's that's more of a, just what I would have done. Yeah. It's not a huge criticism. 
Got it. All right. Um, well, on that note, I mean, I, there's a couple of the little shows I've been watching, but I can get Do you to have those. Anything positive? <laughs> um, yeah. Let me think. Um, what have I been watching? Uh, I started Psychopass, which is this cool anime that everybody talks about. Okay. Um, it's basically Minority Report, the the anime. Okay. Um, so the idea is they have these regulators or enforcers. They're these little these little uh, guns, and you can yeah, point yeah. them at somebody, and they connect to this mainframe, which is basically like the Minority Report Agatha right, thing. Right, predicts crimes. Uh, right, and so you can detect somebody's Psychopass uh, level, okay. and so you can detect like how agitated they are slash willing to murder basically um and then there's this like goody two-shoes cop who's really cool like wants to do the right thing she scored a pluses and everything in her whole life but she chooses to do this job even though there are more prestigious ones because she wants to do good in the world you know one of those types and she comes up against this very jaded um you know, system okay. uh, that that is, is is doesn't have a good outlook on the world, and 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 basically the idea is if somebody has a psychopath that's elevated, then you have to tranquilize them with this gun. It, the gun figures it out for you. You tranquilize them, and then you take them in for treatment, and hopefully they can be rehabilitated. But then if it gets even more elevated, and it goes up to like code red or whatever, then you shoot them and they die. Yeah. You just eliminate them and they go poof into into smoke. That's um, just an interesting thing because you don't really watch a lot of anime. No, I don't. Yeah, I yeah. don't. But but I want to watch more of it. The other thing I really want to watch is the Fate series. A lot of people talk about the Fate, Fate Zero, which is the prequel, um, and then Fate uh, Unlimited Blade Works or something like that. There's a lot of uh, anime is confusing to me, but I want to get more into it because okay. there's a lot of really good stuff there. So anyway, um, first three episodes, Psychopaths are really, really fun. Cool. Um, one of the cool things is that, that the Goody Two Shoes Cop. So the way they do it, the way they hunt down these 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 criminals or these latent criminals, is they have other enforcers who are also latent criminals but they've gotten to live by being the 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 hunting dogs that hunt down the others they think like them therefore they can catch them yeah um so it allows them to sort of let their minds be sacrificed and go up in a high psychopath so that the cop doesn't have to go there and think like them because if they did then their psychopaths would go up and they'd be you know immobilized yeah yeah. so that's why they sort of so anyway what it ends up being is goody two-shoes cop and like her three like hunting dog badass dudes who are kind of bad guys but kind of good guys they murder in their heart, but only because they think like criminals, so they can catch criminals. It's really cool. Okay. Um, lots of little twists and turns. Um, it's a really fun show. So cool. I'd say of all the stuff I've been watching, um, that I've been enjoying. I watched a little more American Gods. I really like that show. Nice. Um, but um, but yeah, I think that's I think that's about it. Cool. Awesome. Okay. Uh, what does that mean? Guess it's time for a little Justice League talk. All yeah. right. All right. Cool. Um, so let's start as we always do with a look at our expectations going in. Okay. My expectations going in, you know, very cautiously optimistic. I've been waiting a long time for a Justice League movie. Um, you know, I mean, I love the MCU, but I'm a DC reader through and through. Um, I mean, granted, I still read Marvel, obviously, and, you know, I, you know, some of their characters are my favorites. But generally, my DC collection is way more. Um, I grew up on the Justice League cartoon. I own that entire series in a box set. I, you know, I stay on top of all the current comics. Um, obviously I have a huge Batman collection, so I've been anticipated a Justice League movie for a live action movie for a very long time. Granted, when I came out of BVS, I was like, I don't even want to see this. Cause like, uh, I was like, which no, has got to be a tough the, pill to swallow. Yeah. For oh, you. It's like, Oh, I don't want to see more of this type of DC universe. Well, they now. call it like the operatic, really intense, very dark color palette. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just like, I mean, it's one thing to have cynicism, but to have it just so immersed in that and be this whole other world and there's no variation that worried me you're a false this, god kevin yes false, false god. god 
do you bleed? Was it do you bleed? Do you bleed? Bleed. Um, you know all that, and so, but then you know that was what a year and a half ago. Since then, all these announcements are like, wait, no, we're gonna make it fun. We're gonna make it fun. It'll be you know a more like there were talks of reshoots. Right, right. Something horrible happened to Zack Snyder. Yeah, his daughter was died she committed suicide and then he had to leave the, the movie he's still considered the director but joss whedon basically directed the second half right or did and finished it i do want to say that in light of especially in light of what happened to Zack snyder i just want to say that you know i was way too i still strongly dislike bbs but i think i was too harsh and i try to be better at you know not being like a troll and just being you know if i don't like something difference between criticism and i don't think you, you will know. cross that line yeah i know but like uh some tweets and stuff like uh i'll just be a, no it's like, it's sad yeah. what happened to him but we have to separate yeah uh, I, I mean it's not just sad i mean it's, it's it's groundbreakingly devastatingly horrible right right however we have to separate um critical assessment right, of his right. work from him as a person right I just so don't Zack be like snyder toxic, doesn't but, suck but his yeah. work can suck yeah 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 that's fair i hear you um but anyway you know all the those announcements. It's gonna be more fun. It's gonna be more uplifting. We know like, what the okay. issues are. Right, right. We've addressed the issues, et cetera, sure, sure, et, cetera, et cetera. Right. And then you know, Josh came on um, for post production and um, and some reshoots. Script, right, and he was giving us screenwriting credit um, in the final uh, in in the final cut. Um, so I went in expecting it to be hopefully it's fun, um, but I expected it to be at least somewhat convoluted. I mean. If for no other reason than, uh, you know, three of the main characters have not been introduced in the other movies, you know, we're going to have to spend a lot of time kind of laying that groundwork, and that's going to make for, you know, a pretty watered-down plot, I expected. Um, but I was still hoping to at least have fun. Um, so those were kind of my expectations okay. going in, more All right. or less. So mine were... Um... I'm I'm I like superhero movies. I go to all of them, but yeah. I like them less than I think you do and other people sure, do. Sure. I um, am always in of the mind of I'm expecting to be bored and hopefully I won't be. Okay, yeah. That's always yeah. how I go in. That's fair. Um, I don't expect them to be entertaining because there's been a lot of superhero movies where I'm just like watching yeah. a bunch of spectacle fights. I don't care about what's going on. They've ne- they haven't sold me on the. Uh, on the stakes, yeah. Um, sure. I don't really, and, and more more than that, just watching a bunch of people bashing up New York City. Yeah, it's beautiful, but like yeah. it just doesn't do anything for me sure, personally. Sure. So I need no, to have fair. a story that I'm really into, and and uniquely, Marvel has really been delivering on that. Um, in the last couple films, especially where I thought Doctor Strange, I wrote masterpiece after it. Uh-huh. Since then, I, I, I'd still give it, you know, a nine nine five. I loved that movie. Um, I just thought it was an excellent exploration of the character, and I love Cumberbatch, etc. Um, and then Thor Ragnarok is is my favorite of all the Marvel movies, as far as the fun wow. that I had. As far as the fun that I had, I'm not saying yeah, it's yeah. the best film, sure, sure. But I liked it and had more fun watching it, and have better. When I think back on that movie, I feel I think back on it more fondly than I do any experience I've had at a Marvel movie. Yeah, yeah. So, in a lot of ways, I've been turning the tide on on how I feel going into a superhero movie. I'm expecting, well, you know what? Maybe I will, it'll sweep me up like Thor Ragnarok did, where I feel like I wish it would even be longer. I can't I can't believe I'm saying that because I never feel that way. But, I mean, it, it's, it was that much of a good, fun experience. So I went into this one um, cautiously optimistic like everybody um, and trying to think about what are the things about this movie that I'm going to be able to latch onto and find interesting. So uh-huh. one of them was obviously going in, I've really disliked the clips of Ezra Miller that I saw previously. Yeah. I saw his 
his take on Flash, and yeah, it's, it's dramatically different than anything we've ever seen from the Flash, um, as well as I just found him incredibly hard to watch in Fantastic Beasts, and, and, and that's given me a negative association with him visually and orally. <laughs> right, so I just I just had a negative association with that. Um, and so that kind of transferred over to him in this. And so I knew he was going to have to win me over big time, it, it, or I was just going to just hate him like I thought I was going to hate him. Um, I knew I liked Ben Affleck as Batman from from the other movies. I even enjoyed his performance. I actually enjoyed his performance a lot in BBS. Uh-huh. Um, I like him as Batman a lot when he's into it. Um, Superman is always the same impact. I haven't yet to have that come to Jesus moment. It's a bad example, bad uh, uh, way to say it. But I haven't had that moment with Superman where I'm like, oh my god, now I realize why this character is so fun. Like I think you've had and, and Jordan has had at times. I haven't had that moment. I okay. still get that he's a little boring vibe. Okay. Um, and then we have Aquaman, who I was really interested to see, um, but I didn't really know how he was going to fit into all of it. Um, there was Cyborg, which I was kind of interested to see. Um, and uh, and then, obviously, I was incredibly excited to see more Gal Gadot as oh, Wonder yeah. Woman mm-hmm. um, and, and, and just, just basically see her light up the screen like she does. Um, so I was uh, there were things about it that I was excited to see, and I was also really interested to start to look at it and parse what part of it might have been Whedon and what, what part of it might have been um, Zack Snyder and what things might have been changed and did they get the tone right? Did it come together in a nice cohesive package? What was the villain like? So I was looking at it in all these different ways. That was sure, kind of sure. the swirl going on in my head going in, sure. um, thinking that I was expecting it to be at least entertaining enough to, to enjoy myself. Okay, yeah, that's fair. Um, so uh, let's start with you because I know that you had uh, some some relatively positive take on the movie. Yeah, I actually I was surprised at how again I expected it to be at least fun, but I was I was surprised at how much I enjoyed it. I mean, granted, it's far from perfect, and you know the story is pretty thin. Um, you know there are definite negative things I have to say, say about it, but overall I I didn't really get bored. You know, part of this may just because I'm a big DC fanboy, and I thought for after three movies they finally really got these characters and this universe right in my mind um the biggest thing is they finally got superman right you know they i mean after two movies of him being this mopey dopey carrying around daddy issues character who i couldn't relate to and who i was not enjoying they finally got him and they finally portrayed him as the symbol of optimism and hope that he is and not in a super cheesy way i thought i thought that I mean, for granted, he's not in it a lot, but in the time that he was in it, Henry Cavill, Cavill really shined. He really brought that sense of heroism to the role. And, you know, that final shot of Clark in Metropolis with glasses on, I'm like, yes, this is Clark. This is not, you know, whatever he is in Man of Steel. <laughs> um, and so seeing that, that was really the big takeaways was that seeing... The diversification in the color palette and in the imagery we saw going from Themyscira to Gotham to Metropolis to Star Labs um, to Atlantis and seeing actually, you know, different layers to the imagery. Um, granted, it wasn't like beautiful. Oh my gosh, this is amazing. But after BBS being so Monochrome. murky yeah, and dark. no nuance to it and um, just dense and really aggravating and it really just was not a fun time for me i appreciated that this one felt more like the dc universe that i know and love you know Mm -hmm. um so definitely had its problems but overall i came away i had a really good time um 
Also, I forgot to mention the going into Cyborg has always been one of my favorite characters, and so seeing him done right and seeing Ray Fisher's performance really um, was uplifting for me. So, because um, I mean, of course, I knew Gal Gadot, Gal Gadot was going to kill it, and yeah, I mean, I still liked Batfleck fine in BBS, and I thought he felt even more like Batman here in this time. Um, so that was a lot of fun seeing more of Alfred as well. Um, but getting to see Cyborg for the first time on the big screen and seeing him done well, I appreciated that a lot. Got it. Um, so I left the movie shocked at how much, how bad I thought it was. Okay. I was, I was really shocked, um, at how much of a nothing burger it was okay. how much of a like i can't even is that really it did that just end mm-hmm. I, when that battle ended i mean I, I was like that's it yeah i i really was surprised um i think going through it um i'd have to start by saying i was i was pulled in nicely by that reshoot scene that they did with um cavill at the beginning yeah, yeah. when you see him talking as superman I was, I was pulled in by that. I thought that was good. It gave me the tone that I needed going into the movie. I thought that was a good decision that they made. Um, the Ben Affleck in this one, um, for whatever reason, felt like he was phoning it in. I didn't get the, the committed vibe that I felt in BVS where I just really thought he was giving his all to the character, especially when he was Bruce Wayne. Um, when he was Bruce Wayne, I just really wasn't buying it for some reason this time, and I don't know if that was my mood hmm. or what he was doing, but he just felt a little checked out this time. And I really don't think it's because of the fact that you know things are weird behind the scenes and who knows what's going on with his movie and all that kind of stuff. He's not directing it anymore, all those kind of things. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he was so much more invested. The idea at BVS was that he's going to be directing his own movie and this was paying his dues to get to do that. Sure. And now that's not what's happening. So I, I don't know if that played a role. There's even a rumor now that... I mean, I hate all these rumors coming out of the Batman because it changes every day, but apparently uh, there's a rumor that Matt Reeves has Jake Gyllenhaal as a backup, you know, in case Ben Affleck does drop out. That'd be interesting. It'd be yeah. interesting. I mean, Jake Gyllenhaal's hit and miss for me, but uh, very hit sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but but anyway, you know, it's very weird. The, yeah, the way yeah, I feel yeah. about him on the, in this movie, I just felt like he was just kind of like, he almost like his body was cocking back and forth. Like, what am I doing here? I don't know. I it really, yeah, hit, yeah, yeah, sure. it hit me that way. Um as far as um, the other characters, so Ezra Miller was surprisingly not terrible okay. for me. Yeah. I didn't hate him. Um, I actually rather enjoyed him, although I think some of the lines were shit. Yeah, that, oh, that, that was the most cringeworthy part was some of the dialogue they gave him. Yeah, yeah, some of the lines that Ezra Miller had were so bad and so cringeworthy that it was hard to watch. I need friends. <laughs> yes, I'm lying. <laughs> You know, it was hard to yeah, watch at yeah, times. Yeah, yeah. Although he didn't actively drive me no, up the wall. Yeah, yeah. No, he did I, good. That was the dialogue he had to work with, not yeah. his fault. He but, did yeah. it well. And actually, when he went in there to see his dad at the end, and he puts the thing on the screen, yeah, and he that, says, I'm a cop now. It's the shittiest job at, at this place, but I'm I'm a police officer. Yeah. And his dad was so proud. That was maybe the best emotional moment in right, the movie, I right. think. Um, Gal Gadot, she's, she's, she's so good at that role. And she so embodies Wonder Woman that I'm just in awe when I see her on the screen in that costume. Yeah. She's so perfect as Wonder Woman that it's, like, hard to even believe. It's like, are you really Wonder Woman in real mm-hmm. life? Like, I, I wonder that when I see her. So she was fantastic as usual. Yeah. Um, Fisher, is that – what's his name? Ray in, Fisher. In the movie, though. Like, Cyborg's uh, – Oh, ma- Victor Stone. Victor Stone. Yeah. He, he was good. Um, he was definitely I would have liked them to actually show the accident, though, because – the, yeah. So the comic they were primarily basing this off was the 
beginning of the Jeff Johns run in New 52, um, where Darkseid was a villain, but it's pretty much more or less follows the same basic narrative. But in and Cyborg plays a pivotal role in it, and because that was when they were bringing Cyborg from Teen Titans to the big leagues with New 52 and making him a Justice League member, and he still is now in Rebirth. Um, but they made his origin a really pivotal part of that arc, and I thought it would have been more impactful, impactful to actually see yeah. it play out instead of just yeah, like losing the mom, all right. that kind of stuff. It, 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 I wanted to see that instead of just being told about it. It didn't get sold on me, and I would yeah. say a lot of the a lot of the emotional pivots and changes and the journeys that characters go on are totally throwaway. Yeah. So, for example, Victor Stone being pissed at his dad. Like, I get it that he tur- okay, you turned me into a monster, but I'm alive. And also, and that would have been but one thing, if they want to make that decision, that's yeah. fine. They want to make that decision, maybe it's a life worse than death, I get it, especially yeah. when he had no purpose at first, right. and his body was taking control of him, I get all that. But then, all of a sudden, he goes and has a fight, and then he's hanging out with his dad having a blast yeah, in the last yeah, scene. Yeah, yeah. What the fuck is that? The transitions there were, I guess, well, I get why he, go, he goes with the team, because... That was when Silas gets captured. Sure, so, sure, yeah, sure. Yeah. No, I buy yeah, that. Right. I buy that. But then, yeah, he stays, and then it's like, yeah. And then they're having a blast all right. of a sudden? Like, all is forgiven? Oh, because he missed his father when he right. was captured? I guess. And, but here's the real pivot that really pissed me off about the entire movie. Batman constantly talking about how amazing and wonderful Superman is. Yeah. He I, is so great. <laughs> He's better than any of us have ever been. He is a beacon of hope like I could never be. None of this is possible without him. Uh, he is so amazingly great. A world lost everything when he died. We must do anything and pay any price to bring him back. When all of BVS was, you're a danger. Right, you're right. a menace. You're a hazard. You need to die. Do you bleed? I don't think so. You're not even a human being. You're scum basically I what feel like a I'm, pivot holy I, fuck i feel conflicted about how much they disregarded bbs and men of steel because on the one hand i'm glad because i don't think those are good depictions of either sure. batman or sure. superman sure and i like that you know they finally got superman right but it is amazing how you know it's they went too far bit, right they right, went too right. far okay he's had a turnaround on it yeah. especially losing superman and seeing what's missing yeah that could have an impact on you but he, it's it's three times the intensity right, it needs right, to be, right. and that could again maybe Ben Affleck blew it on the way he was pulling off the lines. He just went overboard. I don't know, but I just found myself feeling it felt so false and unreal to me. Um, and then there's so many little things. Like here's another example of a p- character pivot. So um, Superman comes back to life um, using this really questionable method, but whatever. They bring him back to life. I don't know why that... The mother box. I mean, the... <laughs> they, they, they have two different things that would bring a person back to yeah, life. Yeah, they have yeah. the Lazarus Pit and... Right? Isn't that what that is? Or what is that juice? Well, that have juice? they referenced the Lazarus Pit in this universe yet? I don't know. It's that juice that that brings life or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, that they're in on the ship. On the ship. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, and then combining that with the with the mother cube for God knows what reason. And yeah. and anyway, so that's they both, wanted a cool yeah excuse for it to see. Flash but here's the other thing, the right? But here, oh, that's true. But yeah. here's the other thing. At the end of Superman, uh, BVS, I mean. Superman's dirt is moving. Yeah, I know. He doesn't that need was, a mother box. That was he wasn't the dead. Thing. I know. That was the weirdest thing. He wasn't fucking dead, right, or something right. was up. Right, right. So why does he need the mother he box? And then they bring out, and then they bring out his completely dead body yeah. and put him in the water. I was like, why isn't he moving a little bit? I saw him moving. In I the tried last to movie. just ignore the continuity because, uh, aside from Wonder Woman, because 
it was I was like this is gonna make my head hurt if I try to there's like, so there's I mean the plot holes. it's so the plot holes are one thing but the way I was feeling that emotional stuff wasn't done right yeah, was yeah. really bothering me another point of it was what I was what I was gonna say is when he comes alive that remember they talk about it a lot beforehand when they're weighing the pros and cons so that they can have this dramatic moment for Batman and Wonder Woman to clash um, but anyway, they're, they're weighing the plot holes. They're weighing the plot holes. They're weighing the pros and cons of bringing them to life. And they're like, when people come back this way, they come back changed. He yeah. may not be the Superman we think he's going to be. And I guess all of that was just to sell the fight that we get when yeah, he comes yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. once again, my least favorite trope in freaking superhero comics, when superheroes meet, they must always fight. Yeah, yeah. That happens. Apparently it was a pretty cool fight, people say. Regardless, though, I wish it... it, it okay, so Superman comes to life. And then he sees them all as monsters. And I was like, oh, shit. He's fucked up. He's got Steppenwolf in him or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, like, and then they pull the most cheesy Lois thing ever. Lois calms him down. A direct parallel to exactly where, where Banner uh, yeah, can yeah, be brought yeah. down by her. And, and and it's just like, why, why is that true? I mean, I... I and then, and how does that take the fact that he's seeing people as skulls? Yeah, I know. That how does that change? <laughs> I mean, these things are, even if you take continuity of other films out of it, these things don't make sense. And here's the other biggest problem that I had with it, and there's a lot of them I'm, I'm realizing as I talk yeah, about no, this. It's, it's Aquaman, why is he in this movie? Dude is, I like Jason Momoa. Yeah. He could have been a good Aquaman, and I'm looking forward to his movie, but like, and Jordan mentioned this to me when I was talking to him, but... And one of the continuity issues. Too. One of the, we'll read it. Yeah, but yeah. one of the continuity issues being that, um, you know, he if if he's never been to Atlantis, but if he's never been to Atlantis, how come there are these pictures that are ancient yeah, depicting him with three mother boxes? Yeah. Who drew that? Yeah. And, and and what's up with that? And and him going down to Atlantis for the first time, and then he's like, "No, nah, man, I'm out." And then she's like, "No, wait, maybe you should consider this." And he's like, "All right." But I have a demand, and he gets this weapon. The other thing is when he gets called down there uh, because the mother cube or whatever is destroyed, he has a whiskey bottle in his hand, and he smashes it and throws it in his water. He's the protector of the oceans. He just littered. Why is he doing that? Oh, because it's more broy and badass? That's a bad characterization. Yeah. That is the last thing Aquaman would do, pollute his water. Yeah. Come on. I yeah. mean, these are the kind of things that, I, I mean, I just the whole time, and then... It all builds uh, – okay, another example. Cyborg is really, really cool in that he can take over technology. So he's – that's shit where he can, like, interface because yeah, yeah, he's yeah, more yeah, yeah. more in some ways machine than man. He interfaces with that cool, like, Nightcrawler or, or crawler toy that Batman has. But it doesn't do any cool shit. He interfaces with it, and then it's just like, wah, 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 yeah. wah, wah, I do nothing cool. Wah, yeah, yeah, yeah. That scene was just so not cool. And then Aquaman rolls up, and what does he do? Slow down the water slightly? You yeah. know what I mean? And then it's still – it's just – it's much ado about nothing over and over again. And, yeah. and all of these things, they just don't add up. And and I don't know. The only times I was enjoying myself was when I saw certain performances like Gal Gadot's performance, some yeah, parts yeah. of Ben Affleck's performance, some parts of Ezra Miller's performance. Uh -huh. And let me get me started on Steppenwolf. Now, oh, I'm not yeah, one yeah. of these guys who is like this movie has a villain Oh, problem. he was a beyond generic CG dog. Right. And didn't even look good. There have been other bad villains who – at least or they look cool. They look cool. This, he looked like crap. And yeah, to me, yeah. the rea the thing is, I don't really even mind this. Like a villain, he doesn't. He's not like a compelling villain. He doesn't have a journey he goes through. Whatever. If you just want to have a bad guy for bad guy's sake, who's been in exile for a million years or a thousand years or whatever it is, and he's just plain pissed, that's yeah. fine with me. But make him fucking cool. Yeah. Make him cool. And another thing, I don't know why they didn't just do Darkseid because Steppenwolf is yeah. so. 
unknown. Nobody knows what he is. Everybody right. thinks of the band. Darkseid is, uh, I mean, he would have also probably been very one-note as well, but he would have looked awesome. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I just, there's so many things. But all of that would have been fine if I was having an entertaining time. Okay, well, yeah. And I just, I just found that... I just wasn't having a great time. Another thing, Amy Adams scenes, they fell flat as hell. When yeah. she was on her own and she's just chilling and, and she's like talking in the in the newsroom, like that scene was just weird and yeah. and, 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 and I, I don't know. And she was just and then she's like, You should you'd be disappointed with me, Clark, and the way I was while you were gone. No, he wouldn't. You're 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 you just went through a tremendous loss. So did the world. That's what the other part of this movie is saying. Um Anyway, I okay. can go on. Let me read Jordan's thoughts, and then I'll share a few more. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. All right, so this is Jordan's review he posted on Facebook. Story, he just broke it up into bullet points. Story, about as boilerplate as you can get, but acceptable for a superhero team-up movie. Big bag threat to the world, no one hero can stop, requiring a team to come together. Plotting, for being so short, it does slag a bit from having to introduce several characters for the first time and from reversing the ending of BVS. Also, they weirdly play up the idea of Superman not showing up for the final battle, despite it being clear he's going to show up from the scene between him and Lois. It was odd. Villain. Oof, just a dud. Big CGI monster guy that spe speechifies a lot and is explicitly marked as secondary to a larger threat that's not in this movie. Also fairly visually unappealing. Superman. Here's a major positive in my mind. They actually say F it to all the mopey nonsense and let the Man of Steel be the big blue boy scout. You mean boy for, scout. for like four and a half minutes, yeah. but okay. Yeah, pretty much, but big blue boy scout, he should be. Batman. Eh, on the whole. I think Affleck gives a worse performance here than in BVS, and he probably has the most jokes that fall flat. Wonder Woman. Still great. Some of her it's definitely Flash that has the most jokes that fall flat. Yeah, but yeah, anyway. yeah, yeah, all right, yeah. Go ahead. Wonder Woman. Still great though some of her CG seemed off compared to how it appeared previously. The Flash, my favorite character of the movie, exclamation point. A very different take on Barry than the CW, but an honest delight throughout. I'm ready for his movie. Cyborg, still looks like a Nivita graphics card, but I'd be happy to see more of him. Aquaman, yeah, didn't work for me. Not to play up the old Aquaman sucks stereotype, because he doesn't, but he definitely felt like the most extraneous character. Character arc. Dude, I gotta say something really quick. Yeah. They literally had to have two other superheroes pulling him into the air so he could fight. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. how much he didn't belong in that fight. Right, right, right. They were like, yo, dude, I need an alley-oop here because, yo, like, dude can't do yo, shit. Yo, my man, yo, my man. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, character arcs. Flash had a good learning to be a hero arc, but everyone else was fairly static. I agree the, completely. Flash has had the best arc. The coming together as a team didn't feel like much of a progression. No. It just sort of happened out of world-saving necessity. Team dynamics. Like above, because it takes so long for the team to get together, there is just not a lot of great moments. However, there are some glimmers, like Flash and Cyborg in the graveyard or Aquaman getting lassoed. That was good. Um, tone. Honestly, I didn't find it nearly as inconsistent as a lot of people. It's different from the previous films, but I think that's a welcome change. Humor. Related to the previous, I thought the humor was mostly good, adding a bit more likability to the modern-day part of this universe. Visuals. It's still too dark on the whole for my taste, but it feels a little brighter. But man, the CGI is just atrocious. The climax of the film in particular is an unrealistic, near-incomprehensible mess. It goes for far too much complexity in its settings that hurts it, making it far worse than anything in previous terrible CG climaxes like BVS or the Fantastic Four reboot. 
action. Again, the visuals hurt a lot of the action scenes, but there are some solid ones, like Steppenwolf's Assault on the Amazons, or the highlight for me, the resurrected Superman fighting the rest of the League. Dialogue. There's some clunkers and cliches, but it's on the whole less self-serious, which helps, and this I agree with. But oof, Lois Lane gave Karen Page's awful article from the end of Daredevil Season 2 a run for its money with her closing one. Totally agree there. Themes. Surface-level stuff here, honestly. The idea of a world without Superman being fearful and without hope is mentioned, and but it's not played up majorly. Beyond that... There's no themes. Yeah, themes are good, I guess. Symbolism. Snyder is just not good at symbolism. It's always shouted at the top of his film's lungs to make sure it comes across to the audience. This one has a particularly egregious, uh, egregious set of egregious, egregious sorry, set of comparisons between a broken statue of Superman and his mental state after revival. Score pretty muted on the whole. A lot of remix references to previous. Yeah, this is scenes. a long review. Yeah, Donner, Superman, CW Flash, etc. But no strong unifying theme for the entire team. Final thoughts, I gotta be honest, Justice League is overall still not a good movie, but it's definitely better than BBS and Suicide Squad. However, little that says. I'm honestly happy to see the movies getting better, because I definitely don't enjoy coming out of the theaters disappointed. Honestly, the Arrowverse is doing such a great job putting the DC Universe on screen four times a week. It doesn't really bother me that the films aren't still rocking my world. But this was fun enough film, if a deeply flawed one, that I would probably stop and check out on and check out if i saw it was on hbo or cable down the road so yeah another film like x-men origins wolverine green lantern or the punisher overall i'd say see it just keep the expectations low yeah all right i mean yeah Yeah. i i mean again i know i enjoyed it the most out of the three of us like i i can't really refute any of your claims because they're totally valid um but, yeah, but, but tell me about was... the part of it tell me about the part of you because it's important and we yeah. are the joy of geek yeah all the bullshit aside sure and 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 the trappings and specifics and yeah, a lot yeah. of things yeah. <laughs> i keep i was trying to have like a like a aside from this and make it really quick but there's right, so many right, things right, right. but anyway um you came out of it saying initially yeah, and this yeah. was initial excitement level granted you said that it, i may like it even more than wonder woman for how much fun i, I had I, in that almost movie. as much i didn't say o- uh, almost more, as yeah, yeah, almost yeah, as yeah. much as wonder woman yeah, I, I'm yeah. not, it's not even if you change that that's right, fine. it's right, not about right. holding you to your words sure, sure. but i want to understand where that joy was coming from where you said just seeing the two of those characters be themselves on the screen i'm like i'm amazed at how much fun i had yeah. where does that come what did, at the time where did that come from I mean, again, just my long-rooted history with the Justice League, with DC Universe. Probably the most fun scene I had was when um, they're meeting um, by the bat signal with Commissioner Gordon, mm-hmm. and Batman swoops in, and they're playing the Danny Elfman theme from mm. the 1989 movie. Mm-hmm. That was just total, like, I mean, gave me all the feels, um, and I loved J.K. Simmons as Gordon, even though he's in it briefly. Yeah. Um, that scene was just a lot of fun, so... It was just little touches like that. Again, I liked that I was looking at different things. So, you know, the the backdrops were different. Yes, the CGI was really messy, especially in the final battle. But as far as the background imagery and when we went from location to location, it didn't feel like we were using the same lighting over and over again like I did, we did in BVS. So BVS goes all over the place, too. It's I mean, long. It go, it's long, and it goes, I mean, from yeah. Metropolis to Gotham to, to the deserts, the deserts, but in each of those locations, to a courtroom, right, right? In each of those locations, it was the same, really ridiculously dense lighting. You know, it was hurting my eyes. I wasn't having a good time here. 
there was diversity in the color palette and I was really having a good time going from each location to each location and again just feeling like I was really immersed into this world so again I, I was coming in with low expectations helped a lot too yeah um, that's always because, helpful you know I was like uh, it's probably maybe hopefully a little fun but it's probably gonna be bad you know it is uh, I mean there are plenty of problems with the story and but again I, I on just a pure fanboy level I did enjoy myself a lot sure sure I liked seeing the characters come together Aquaman was by far the most least interesting to me. Um, I like again, I like Moa, but it was just a Aqua Bro. It was weird because yeah, yeah, I mean, the, I yeah. just I, I don't get why they didn't go for more of the current New Fifty Two and Rebirth version of Aquaman that's so good and so well written oh, by yeah. Johns and several other writers. Um, that's very much King of Atlantis and um, yeah. I don't you know, know why they firm. don't they want to like like extract him from Atlantis. He's just this dude yeah, yeah, yeah. who rolls down into the ocean like gets some fish and brings it up yeah, it but weird. yet he's mythical I, that I didn't understand at all and, oh. I mean we missed I know one scene that's missing remember when we were talking about we always talk about the trailers on this show and we talked about the trailers for the very first Justice League trailer they showed at Comic Con yeah. maybe a year ago yeah. and it was this bar scene Yeah, it's not in it yep. Yep. this whole bar scene with all the characters yucking it up yep. that scene's gone Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that was, a, that was it looked like a Justice League uh, uh, bringing them together yeah, uh, yeah. Like going to get Aquaman kind of scene it, it right, seemed right, like right 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 so we so, yeah. missed stuff. Stuff's missing. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Again, just seeing, like, I felt like this was the first authentic live-action Batman Superman movie because, again, I don't... The characters in BBS are not Batman I see what Superman. you mean. I see what so, you mean. So, for the, nothing else than getting to see them and Wonder Woman on the screen together, uh, accompanied by Cyborg and, um, and a, a different but interesting take on Flash, and then... Aquaman didn't love, but you know, whatever. He's being carried around. Yeah, yeah I know. They yeah. carried yeah. his carcass up there into the sky yeah. and threw him at an enemy. They, you could take Aquaman out and yeah. just have Aquaman's trident, right, and it would have right. done as much. <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, um, it's 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 whack. Yeah. Now my, my go ahead. No, I much rather done Green Lantern, but you know. Yeah. yeah. My thought on all of that, um, on all of the the comparing it to the the previous. Um, well, DC stuff. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to just with that, with your response, tell me what you thought about uh, all plot and character side. What do you think about the universe itself and the world building there? Um, let's see. Um, it's okay. Okay. I, I, I wasn't appalled by that. Um, oh, uh oh. I just thought of something. Oh. Uh, the after credit scene. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The real one. You not know, the, the one, not the one with Superman and Flash racing. The, that was the, awesome. Yeah, the Deathstroke and the Lex Luthor. Yeah, Le- Deathstroke's fine. Yeah, Lex Luthor's I back. I, I hate Jesse Eisenberg's Lex Luthor. Oh, I do too. He sucks. I he sucks too. so bad. And I, and, and what about and, and and I went with Tim, former host of the show long ago, Tim, and he said, "Whatever happened to the bells? The bells are coming. The bells. Whatever happened to that shit? Right. It's gone." And I, I didn't think that. Not that I want to see that, but well, because it was weird because I'd heard he was in it, and then the movie ended. I was like, "Oh wait, did we get away with him?" Yeah, did, he, did Joss like, Whedon yes, cut it mercifully? Yes, yes, did he? Not? And then yeah, I was like, "Oh." I mean, so. he's on this yacht. He got broken out of jail, and he's like, "Don't you think it's time that we have our a league of our own?" Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I think he like, even used the quote "a league of our own." Yeah, I know. I yeah. mean, it is. It's so bad, yeah. and I don't get it, yeah. and why do you bring him into this movie? He sucks. And how are they, I mean, if that is a tease for Injustice League, yeah. Or how about, the, what about what about League of Evil? Isn't that a thing? 
Legion of Doom. Legion of Doom. Yeah, okay. yeah. That, but in I think it's Injustice League. Is it? There, what is that? Into, it's another like villain kind of thing. And but they've already announced so many movies. I don't know where they would have room for that. But, well, what's yeah. going on with Justice League Two now? I have no. Is idea. that happening? Because originally this was going to be a two part thing. Like it would be Steppenwolf in Part One, Dark Side in Part Two. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, Fuck! What a mistake. <laughs> but like, um, that you know got booted, but. Um, I have no idea what the status of that is because they've announced so many upcoming ones, but Justice League Two is not on the roster as of right now. So when you say when you say the universe and the world building, what do you mean by that? What parts of it are you asking me to assess with that question? I uh, just I was just if you like the look of like Gotham Metropolis, okay, Amazon, yeah, yeah, that oh, especially Amazon. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, that I mascara mean, looks well, amazing. Yeah, yeah, everything yeah. that's in Wonder Woman and everything I mean, yeah. from Wonder Woman is great. Sure, sure. Um, everything she does and touches is great. That fight was great sure. for the Mother Box. Um, the mother box shit in and of itself is ludicrous. Sure. Um, but you know, it brings up even more continuity issues that I people have discussed with me, like how did Cyborg get fixed up with the mother box when it didn't get ex- opened up until later? Yeah. I some shit like that that somebody was mentioning. I mean, it's just so many, so many plot holes, so many. The honest trailer is gonna be a lot of fun. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it's just it, the world building was fine. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't fun. hate it. Sure. Um, I would like to talk about it in comparison to other DC movies, though. Are we at yeah, that yeah, point? Yeah. Oh, so, so I like Suicide Squad better. Um, I think I'm not saying it's a better. Yeah, I am saying it's a better movie, and okay. neither of them are good movies. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, no. But just, but, but Suicide Squad for me was infinitely more fun. I was having a okay. much better time watching that movie than I had watched this movie. This movie, when it was over, because of that anticlimactic final scene, I couldn't believe that was it. I was waiting for like, like in BVS, like there's one big threat, and then they, it like segues into like the real big thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. So like it did in uh, Wonder Woman. Yeah, there yeah. was, you know, he takes out the first guy, and then is the real threat. You know. Sure. Um, not in not in this. In this, it was just this fight with Steppenwolf that was incredibly anticlimactic, and then it's just over. And yeah. I was like, "Is that really it? Wow, is yeah. that really the end of it?" And then they, the the team did this had this whole time coming together. It didn't ever feel buddy buddy. They never felt like they got cohesive. Yeah. And, and then it was just over. Yeah. Um. And so at least with the Suicide Squad, I got the vibe that like they came together as a team. I got I, I enjoyed that movie just more in general. I just thought it was more fun. Okay. Um, I'm not saying it's a better, you know, maybe they're really neck and neck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Sure. And then BVS, obviously, you guys know that the theater things that I liked about it. I liked when the Trinity gets together and does the yeah, fight yeah, at yeah. the end. I didn't mind that. I thought it was fun. Um, I loved watching Batman kick the shit out of Superman for a while. Uh-huh. So there were certain things that I, I found joy in. I liked Affleck's performance in that a ton. Um, and I even liked Amy Adams and, and, and Superman's relationship in that one way better than mm-hmm. I did in this one. The cornfield You're scene was okay. You're big on that bathtub scene, huh? I know. I'm weird. I'm weird. Um, <laughs> no, no judgment. I'm weird. Okay. Um, I, I thought it was romantic. But anyway, um, I, th- I thought it brought him down to earth in a way, whereas okay. we always see him standing so big and tall and then yeah, trying yeah, to I'm crawl sorry. into the bath. Anyway, that's, that's you're right. I need to not talk about that as much. Um, I didn't bring it up, though, at least. Give me some, cr- give me yeah, some yeah. credit. I just have to laugh that you like that one. I, don't, I know, because everybody hates it. It's all good. Um, but... Um, so I like BBS okay. Um, like I don't hate it like people do. Actually, I don't like it at all. I don't know. It's hard to explain. <laughs> I mean, I, it, it's really hard to say because there's things I like about it, but it's not a good movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and that's kind of how I feel about this one, although I, I just really didn't like it. I yeah. just really, really didn't like yeah. it. I wish I liked it more. I really wanted to like it more. No, that's fair. Um, and then what else is there? Um, not too much. I mean, That's it, really. No, 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 no. But... I mean, as far as DC movies. Those... Oh, oh, I mean, uh, upcoming, you mean? Oh, there was Man of Steel, and that's it, right? There's Man of Steel, Steel Su- BBS, Suicide Squad, Wonder Woman, this. Okay, got it. Wonder Woman, obviously, sta- far and away. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, it destroys with, like, a scalpel. Well, yeah, I mean, it just yeah, goes... Yeah. <laughs> 
just anyway. smashes her shield and sword at the same time. Right, right. It's yeah. I, well, and Wonder Woman. Man, I love her. Uh, her rope how it makes people be oh, honest. Yeah, yeah. That's great. Yeah, that was you, a good. That was like a good moment. Scene, the, that like, was a good moment with with, yeah. with Momoa. That was a good moment. Yeah, I liked oh, that moment. You, you're beautiful. <laughs> I liked that. that I liked that idea. Uh, I thought that was. I thought yeah, that was yeah. good. He was being the. Uh, he was being a con- uh, 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 pro. Um, what do you call it? A. Um, um, when you're when you represent the audience, you're being a avatar for the audience. Or, yeah, yeah, or, yeah, or, yeah, yeah. Or, mm-hmm. yeah. Extension of the audience in that kinda, scene. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. in that yeah. scene, and I really yeah. like that aspect of it. So sure. anyway, um, any other final thoughts? And how do you? And so how do you now compare? Now that you've had a couple of days to think and decompress. Yeah. How do I you mean, compare yeah, it to I, the other movies? So I did like a critical and a fanboy score. So I'm, my critical is still not as harsh. I give it like a solid seven. You know, wow. like a, okay. So, um, I mean, again, I guess it was like depending on how i rate it because i came in with low expectations and all that so that, that can't it, you can't you can't you can't really adjust for that yeah, it is yeah. what it is right and you, you know you're a critic and yeah. what is the point of your opinion if it's not your opinion yeah, yeah, yeah so you know but that was like my critical and then my fanboy score is still i'm in solid eight five i was i was having a good time mm-hmm. you know Excellent. i mean there's definitely things that annoyed me and you know i would have I liked a much better justice league movie but Having wait, I guess just having waited a long time for a live action Justice League movie and got a, a fairly entertaining one, I'm happy. Got it, got it. Uh, I, to me, it's a five, five, six, just straight sure. up, sure, straight up. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think on either level, uh, that's that's kind yeah, of. I thought it'd be even lower. We're <laughs> based on. No, 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 yeah, no, yeah. no. Okay, it's yeah. not. There are a million problems with it, but it's not. It's not a steaming pile. Okay, yeah, um, yeah, You know, there's yeah. a lot. I mean, any movie that Gal Gadot's playing Wonder Woman in and yeah. Ben Affleck's playing Batman in and Ezra Miller was pretty good. And, yeah, yeah. I mean, on the, there are positives. Let me, let me see if I can think of what the positives are about it. Um, I, I like the scene with Superman in the beginning, although I hear that the – I wasn't looking, but I hear the CG mustache looks terrible in that. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't I, see it. Yeah, I could totally tell. That I, was, it was – I wasn't that looking. That was just so weird, that whole thing. I, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, the mustache gate? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That, was, that was really weird. Oh. So, um, you know, and – I'm trying to think about what else um, that that I liked about it. Um, Alfred was okay. I don't know, man. I, I don't know. There was really because I, I really liked. Uh, I mean, yeah, he was because okay. he was one of the saving graces of BBS and mm-hmm. getting to see more screen time of him here. Was yeah, he was he was okay. Oh, I like some of like the I like it when he's being really dramatic, like where he goes, "It's enough to turn good men cruel." Really, because I like because like, Alfred is a lot more comic relief a mm-hmm. lot of times. Okay. You know? Oh, I don't. I, I get. There are I, I like the, I like the stodgy. Them, but... I like the stodgy butler who's always got his best interest in mind. Then but he's a little read, more parental. Then you got to read Batman Earth One. But, yeah. Yeah. He's more of that. Oh, well, are you talking about the it. militaristic version? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah oh, I've, I've read some of that. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah that That's no. It's, it's, it isn't quite what I'm saying either, but I, I hear you. Okay, yeah, yeah. I like him in. Um, Batman Eternal a lot. Um, yeah, that's he's really good in that when his daughter rolls in and, and all of that. That's yeah. that's kind of cool. Um, I'm just trying to think about the good, the really good aspects. I, again, you know, um, there are some good scenes. You know, the scene where they're arguing about about you know whether to bring back Superman or not. I mean, yeah, it's yeah. a it's a well done scene in the way they all interact. With, oh, I know what I liked. Victor's line where he says, uh, "While you were busy being an asshole, I was." That was a good line. Yeah. Um, so it's got good parts, and I have a feeling Booyah at the end too. His yeah. Catchphrase. And I have a feeling that's cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. I have a feeling that Joss Whedon added was mostly a positive value add in this movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I have yeah. to believe that. Yeah, I believe, yeah. and I'd like to look into it a little more and see like what really what parts well, he really did. There's a petition right now for um, the Blu-ray to release the director's cut version so that fans can see it and compare it. What the. Like the the original cut before Whedon came in, because there was a finished version. Because Whedon came in during post production, so there was a rough cut of the movie 
by the time Whedon came in. And then he did a lot. I mean, there were then there were research shoots and really, uh, all that. yeah. I mean, because he, he didn't come in till like March no, but I thought, but I didn't know there was a final like cut with edits. Well, I mean, a I mean a rough rough cut, but yeah, I mean a rough draft. Okay, then they, he came he, in and was like, people okay. want to see that, you know. Just uh, to well, sure, yeah, sure. Yeah, I definitely yeah. would love to see what it was. I mean, it's really interesting how short it got. Yeah, uh, I mean, I was really. I was surprised. really expecting it to be two and a half hours. I didn't because that was all the rumors too. It was going to be two and a half, three. Yeah, it's it was surprisingly short. Yeah. Um, and to the point which you know, I, I but I think Joss Whedon probably had a good impact on it. We'll never know fully. Sure. Um, but um, cool. All right. Yeah. Well, that was fun. Yeah. <laughs> talking yeah. talking some uh, <laughs> some intense Justice League back and forth. Um, I guess uh, that leaves us with only one important thing to do, and that is talk about what we're going to do next. Cool. So, what's next on the agenda for you? I'm um, still going through Valiant books and then finish Punisher. Um, what else is coming? Well, and then December. I mean, we're right around. We're less than thirty days from Last Jedi. Is it really less than thirty days? Yeah. I mean, it's November nineteenth, and Today. then yeah. it comes out. We're seeing it on the fourteenth, right? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And then it's gonna um, be so sweet. That and Shape of Water are my big two. You know, excitements or movie wise. Yeah, um, that's cool. That's but, really cool. Yeah, and there's always plenty of stuff. What about out. what about the man who invented Christmas, dude? Charles Dickens. Oh yeah, I saw. I've seen the poster for it. That uh-huh. looked, uh, that's because it's um, what's his face? Dan Stevens is. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a very happy-go-lucky take on it because Dickens is much more curmudgeonly oh, yeah, than yeah, that. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, Dickens is one of my favorite all-time I'll authors. I'll check it top out. Three, yeah. So yeah. Um, that should be interesting. Uh, for me, man, I got I got a lot of games that I've been playing, so I've been mm-hmm. really diving into that. Uh, I want to watch more American Gods, and you know what? I'm really gonna finally watch Preacher. Yeah. Oh really? I want to watch I really Preacher. Yeah. But see, um, I want to read it first, though. I, that's one of my big gaps in my comic reading. Well, the interesting thing, and granted, you'll be seeing depictions yeah, of the characters, but right. you know that, that it's, it's, it's before the comic. Yeah, and season one ends like where the comic begins. I think. Which is which yeah. is definitely interesting. Yeah. All right. On that note, where can they find us, Kevin? Ah, uh, you can find us at thejoyofgeek.net for all of our podcasts and written content. Um, Facebook, Twitter. You can find me on Twitter at KWShafe and various other places on the internet. Um, the website I work for, SMANewsToday.com, and I still write reviews for UltimateComics.com. And uh, you can find me at a lot of those same places, minus the SMANews.com um, <laughs> and UltimateComics.com. Um, you can also find me at Rich Lepore um, on, on Twitter. And on that note, I am Rich Lepore. Kevin Schaefer. And we will see you soon. Take care.